All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. We're back on Zoom with some technical difficulties, but Brandon, I, I think you have more technical difficulties today than just the podcast. How are you feeling? Honestly, because I expected the I expected it to go the kind of the way it did. Like, it, it, of course, I want to have faith as a fan, but deep down in my heart, I'm like, they're they're gonna get killed. And the Eagles, we're talking about the Eagles. Just 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 start this out. Yeah. And so I'm not as I'm I'm actually not as mad and upset as I thought I would be. And I said it all week to literally like everybody I knew. The only game I cared about was against Dallas. Because even if you lose this game, you're still the first seed. Like nothing really changes. And then you're not you know, your last four games of your schedule, you're basically not losing. So and Dallas and the Niners have a way harder path to the playoffs than we do. So, uh, at least for these last four weeks, I should say, because uh, we've had the hardest schedule football this year. But, um, you know, so but so next week is your must-win game. I think it was must-win no matter what the outcome of this game was. So I, I just I was just ready once the game got to halftime. I was just ready to go to Dallas. That 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 was my. You, you, you were done. I, I, my frustrations with Brian Johnson, as of yours, continue. I uh, I think. It, it, watching him gets really frustrating more against good teams than bad teams. I feel like because when you like, yeah, when you're playing when you're playing a subpar team like they're going to do down the stretch, it doesn't make that much of a difference. But when you're playing the Niners and basically in the fourth quarter, you basically just conceded because you said, "Oh, our offense can't do anything, our defense can't make stops." Because after the first quarter, they were beat, they were beat up and tired. I mean, for a good portion of that game, it felt like Brock Purdy didn't even throw the ball that much. Which, by the way, again, goes back to, I think, an even more important point with with Brian Johnson in this offense. But this is something that I think happens a lot with with teams from your region in the Northeast, not just Philly. There is no, they don't know how to play in the weather that they actually are located in. Like, Philly does not know how to play in that kind of wet weather. Even though you have DeAndre Swift and you should be able to run the ball. But then the teams in the West Coast are like, we're not used to this. We're going to run the ball. And guess who wins in that situation? The team that actually runs the ball consistently. And, and you know, Kyle Shanahan also has gadgets all over the place. That's probably the biggest thing of annoyance today was like, okay, why are we making Jalen Hurts throw the ball 30 times, 40 times? What's the use? It's so yeah. wasteful. I, I literally, I knew it. I put it on Twitter. Well, call it X, but I still call it Twitter. I literally put it out there. A, like I think it was even back on a Thursday, not not even like yesterday or whenever it was. I think it was after we recorded on Thursday. Yeah, I put it out there. I said, I said Jalen Hurts. I said the only way the Eagles win this game, they have to run the ball, and Jalen Hurts cannot drop back to pass thirty plus times in this game. What happened? Exactly, exactly that. They didn't. They they had. They, I think they had. Uh. Less than 15 combined carries among like five different guys that had had rushing ca- carries. It's just it's just unbelievable. But again, I want to point to this because it's not just Philly. This is a trend for all the Northeast, like East Coast teams, and I'm very confused as to why that is. I just, I I, I think it just just deep down. I mean, just just really, 
I mean, I, I you could say the same for other teams out on the West Coast that don't have good because a lot of a lot of teams don't have good play callers. But there's only like a few, a handful of teams that have actually good play callers. But like Buffalo's, you know, play calling terrible. Philly's play calling terrible. Uh, the Giants, you know. the Jets, yeah, um, it, it's all, just, the, they all they all have OCs that don't know what they're doing. Really, they have no clue how to, how to run an offense. Like, I mean, like. And especially when you look at some of the OCs, like look at Detroit. Detroit's out in the Midwest. They're not a Northeast team. They're in the Midwest. They play in a dome, but they do everything really well. They can throw the ball well. They run the ball well. They do like, and they mix things up when they need to. Like, sure they've had a, they've had a rough patch. Detroit plays really well. I feel like when they're on, they're really they're they're on. I mean, they, you know, every team goes through a little tough spell, but. Niners, same thing too. Niners can run when they need to and throw when they need to. Like, you need to be able to run the ball to set up the pass. You can't pass and then expect to run a couple times and win a game. And and that's a great segue to what we're watching right now with the Packers. Because why are the Packers winning this game here in the third quarter? We're recording this during Sunday night as we used to. Why is it play action pass? Play action pass, running the ball, setting up the pass. It's so simple. And a team like Green Bay is able to do it really effectively, and that's how they win games. It almost feels like that that's the way teams are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. It's its the basics that teams just aren't doing. We we say it every single year. We said it last year, too. The team that was going to run the ball the best was going to win the Super Bowl. Who ran the ball better? The Chiefs did. Chiefs ran the ball better than Philadelphia did. And it's just – it's a problem that I have with Philly. Philly has not run the ball effectively. I think since LaShawn McCoy was there, they haven't. And that's been a problem. So that what he, and he left in 2014, 15. So we've had eight years of no really real realistically, no running game. Miles Sanders couldn't, Miles Sanders was not as good as people thought he was. He was average. Yeah. DeAndre Swift is good, but they don't use him. Uh, you know, like, I, I want to rip my hair out because I the, – and the thing is, like, not just the Eagles, but with a bunch of teams, like Giants. I mean, the Giants have a lot of issues, injuries and injuries and stuff like that. But it's like a lot of teams from the Northeast, they're, they're – like, we always say, like, oh, what, the, the first, like, you know, 10 plays of a game, 10, 12 plays of a game are scripted. And then everything yeah. else – it's like – It's so – I think the first 15. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to predict, like, the Eagles, the Jets – like it's so easy to predict what those teams are gonna do. Like for it seems like for for about for at least I mean maybe not not so much early in the season, but it seems like now for at least like the past five basically since the gaunt the gauntlet started for Philly at least you know from what I've seen from my own team is the fact that every single drive is is drop back to pass drop back to pass three straight times. Hope you get a first down, and then they start to run the ball a little bit here. Like then they maybe run the ball maybe two or three times on that drive, but out of out of ten plays, you maybe get two runs, and the other eight are passes. And then you wonder why you're, you then you wonder why you're kicking a field goal or punting the ball at midfield instead of scoring a touchdown. Like there yeah. you go. It's not, it's not hard to figure out. I know people are like, oh, it's you know, it's like oh. You know these guys are professionals; they'll get it right. How long do we have to we have to wait? It's like, we're we're at the point where we need to decide what these teams are. We should know what these teams are in week thirteen. Yeah, it, it like, is I, what it is. 
I, I know what the Eagles were. I said it all season. I'm like, listen, am I happy that we were 10 and 1 coming into this game? Of course I am. But I know that this team could easily be 5 and 6. Very easily. So it was like, I, that's what's making me angry is that your, your record, listen, and up until this point, I did think we were the best team in football, but your record doesn't dictate what you are necessarily. I don't think so. I don't think this is the season where everyone, everyone's weird week to week. I'll go to the Chiefs right now. The Chiefs are watching the Chiefs play. We know the receivers aren't good. Rashid Rice is their only receiver. I don't think it changes even if they win this game. They, they don't have a, they're not going to have a super effective passing game. This is the Packers defense, a not good defense that's been broken for months. What are we going to learn from it? You know, and like, but then, then you watch teams like the Chargers and you're like, okay, this team should be better. They only scored six points today. Why? Cause they don't, they don't know. They, they're, they're not doing the simple things right, right? At least you can look at the Chiefs. You can look at the Packers in the second half of the season. I think those are probably the two best examples of like teams that are just like, cause I think, I think we've had this conversation before, but I think this is so important. We get to November and December and in the playoffs, it's like, are you doing the simple things right? Cause that's yeah. how you're going to win playoff games. Super Bowl is a different animal. Cause I think there's so much strategy in terms of where play calling is and different oh, things. Yeah. But when you get to the playoffs, when you play a wild card game, you play a divisional game, it's do the basics, right? And yeah. so many of these teams, don't know how to do the basics right. I think I've realized why we've said football has been bad. It's because of all these teams don't know how to do basics right. Yeah. They don't know how to play basic football. And the teams that do, like the Lions, let's put the, so the Lions in here. The Lions know how to play basic football on offense, but defensively the team is just not there. Yeah. If defensively that team's there, they're probably the best team in the league. The Niners know how to do this because they've done it for years. Right. And yeah. the defense is one thing I think, you know, they're getting hurt, but I like where the defense is. And I think this is kind of the point where we've been with the Niners, where they've been coasting and coasting and coasting. They've had yeah. some bumps, but we've always kind of said, like, they're, they still kind of know what they are. They still know how yeah. to run an offense. They still, and that's why, what, regardless, I think the Eagles deserve to be number one over the last few weeks. But if you look at it objectively, what happened today, there's a reason why the Niners are the best team in football right now and yeah. why they have been up here in the top two, top three, top four for the last two months. Why is it? Because it just do everything. The basic details are checked. This seems so ridiculous, but that's the truth. You said, how long does it take? Yeah. And, 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 and I, again, I just ran down like a bunch of teams because that I think is kind of our reaction for the last th- 13 weeks. That's what the reaction's been since even week 10. We started to understand, like, hey, these teams who are bad or struggle or have a blowout like today with the Eagles, it's like the reason why is very simple. The basics aren't checked. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, when you look at the Niners, it's like, what do they, what do, they do well? Like I just said, they, they can run the ball. They can get, you know, five, six yards of carry at will. They have a running back that does that. They can check down to any of their playmakers if they need to. Brock Purdy can scramble if he needs to. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not exactly mobile, but he can scramble when he needs to. He's good enough at that. You know, their, their, their defense, I mean, on the other side of the ball, where they do really well, they tackle. They're, they're high energy, high effort. They're sideline to sideline linebackers. They, like, there's not, there's not one flaw with the Niners. I mean, maybe other than their offensive line, 
because if Philly still got there today. They put pressure on Brock Purdy. But, but, that, I, but I think I think we know the Niners' offensive line is going to be shaky because what offensive line isn't injured right now? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 crazy to think that the like the only positive thing today was that the Eagles' offensive line was actually better than the Niners. It's just that it's it's everything else was terrible. But it's like you know. Those are the teams that in the playoffs you don't worry about. Like, and I hate to keep bringing back to Philly, but when we were talking about you know complete games and things like that, we hadn't seen them play a complete game yet, right? Everybody kept saying, "Oh, wait for this team to cl- click. Wait for this team to click." This should have been the game where it clicked. And it's you week did, thirteen. You did it's, nothing. It's week thirteen. It's done. Yeah, like, like there's like, no what, clickage. Like, what does everybody keep saying? Wait till this team plays a complete game. They're not going to. That's not who they are. Like. I mean, even when even when we won the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl season, I don't think the team the team maybe had even in that season maybe three complete games. Like they were still blowing teams out, but it was mostly because they were just able to finish in the fourth quarter. But in terms of like really like a complete game, they didn't like even the Super Bowl. Tom Brady outplayed Nick Foles. Like, but you know the Eagles just made more pl- the fundamentals. They made the more key plays to win the game. Like it's, it's just like you know. When does it click fundamentally? Because before it can click all together, it needs to click fundamentally. Who handles the fundamentals the best? It it's the just do. the Niners do, and, and that's right, what we yeah. learned today. Right now, there's only two two teams I think on offense because the the Detroit Lions have no defense. So let's face it, there's no defense in Detroit. But I think the Packers and the Chiefs are getting there. But I don't think the Packers are going to be competitive. I think the Chiefs are slowly getting there. I don't think it's yeah. going to click massively. But the only team I think that is in a competitive spot that fully gets it on offense and defense are the Niners. And that, I think, is the point of, of this conversation. Like, we don't even have to look at all the games today. We can look at that, that Eagles, that Eagles Niners game today and go, that's the difference between that's the gap. Between the Niners, we're back to what we said in week three, but that's the gap between the Niners and everyone else. You don't have to watch the other games to understand, like, we've watched these other teams enough. We're not going to learn about the Lions much over the next few weeks. We know what they are, and they're not going to change. We feel that way about the Eagles. The Niners, they haven't really changed. They've just had bumps. But that's what a Super Bowl team does. They have bumps. Yeah. That's the difference here. Yeah. And their their only bumps was that three week stretch where they were banged up, and they lost you know like basically three close games, you know to you know decent. Well, the Browns weren't a good team, but they're really good defense. Um, and honestly, I think that's that's the only way you stop the Niners right now. You have to you have to to put their offense in a bind. If you if you don't lock them down, and it's funny because. For the first, the Eagles won the first quarter today. They played mm-hmm. wiped out in that first quarter, but then it, it just fell apart the last three quarters. It was it was literally like they were literally being slowly bled to death. Not so much in the fourth, because the fourth was a runaway one a runaway train. But the second and third, they were being bled to death. Um, and so it's like the, to me right now, the only way you beat San Francisco is you have to. I mean, it's easier said than done because look at all the weapons they have, but. You have to lock in defensively. You can't sit there and make mental mistakes defensively. You can't sit there and blow assignments. You've got to be on 
you, I mean, you're not going to be on every single play, but you've got to be on, on like 95% of the game to beat the Niners. You have to be. If not, they're they're going to beat you by at least two scores every single time. And they did it today against the Philly. The Philly they beat them by, what, three scores? Yeah. So, so you know. If, if not more, yeah. I didn't think it was three scores. Yeah, because it, it was 23 points. So, yeah. So yeah. Three three scores, almost four, because you know two, you know two, but three touchdowns, but two of them two would be two point conversions, so almost four scores, but three scores. So it's it's just disgusting. Like you know, they and we said it before. Like the Eagles might have been the best team in football based on record and based on uh, like all the different playmakers they have on each side of the ball, but. The Niners are the best put together mach- oiled machine in football. I'm I'm just gonna say this. I think as a pod, we need to apologize to the 49ers because we overreacted to the last three weeks. We just overreacted yeah. to them. We just massively overreacted them, and then today we're like, oh yeah, we get it. And yeah. I think the reason why we're sticking with Niners Eagles is again, I'm gonna repeat myself. I think Niners Eagles today made us understand the entire rest of the league. Yeah. It made us get like what these teams are missing. And again, it's those fundamentals. Other yeah. fun things from today Joe Flacco <laughs> versus Matthew Stafford in 2023. I felt, Brandon, I felt like I was on acid. I felt like I was on coke. <laughs> I, I felt so freaked out the entire game seeing Joe Flacco in his worst possible uniform. I didn't even think he looked bad in Philly when he played there in that preseason. <laughs> oh. Like, like and and by the way, yeah, he didn't play great. He played like a guy who's old and washed, but it was still fun. Like he was still still slinging it around, and I just enjoyed the hell out of it, even though they lost. It's like, God, Joe Flacco. It's like you know what, what cave did they find him in? Um, <laughs> it's it's like, Jesus, man. Like I. Joe Flacco is is insane because like his connection with Elijah Moore today was actually really good. But you know why? Because they played together on the Jets. Yeah, I He's know. He's the guy there that who he was. Yeah, I know. But Jesus, like, although, like, I remember Joe Flacco. Like, I mean, he hasn't been there too long. Like, he's still learning as he was going pretty much into this game. Do you like, realize he got he got there on Monday? Yeah. Like, like, you know, how much can you learn in less than a week to prepare for a game? Like, it's, oh my goodness! Like, I mean, listen, he only completed like half his passes, but but it was fun, wasn't it? It felt good. It was, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was just, a, it was just a wily veteran quarterback just slinging it. That's that's all it was. And if you're the if you're the Browns, what else could you do in that situation? Like, he was probably the best option in free agency. Like. That's cool. Um, on the flip side, Falcons Jets. What the hell was that? <laughs> you watched that game more than me. What was your impression of that? I I was I was honestly ready to go back to bed and just wait for the Eagles game. Like I I, I was my grandfather and I were literally I just scrolling through our phones and then we would just look up every time the announcers got excited for a play, which wasn't often. So it was just like I watched it, but I'm like, God, these two teams suck. 
Like, like, and it's like, it's amazing how the Falcons occupy a playoff. They're six and six right now. They're in a class they, spot. And they're, they're the fourth seed in the NFC. Like, this is why I said it every, I said it last year. I'm going to say it again. It should be based on record. Like, yep. it, like six and six should not be a four seed. That, that's, that's terrible. It should be, it should be whoever's got the best records, then you go from there. Like, it's, it's just so bad. It like Washington doesn't matter. I'm like, there was some fly. Like he made some some simple throws, throws in the run. I'm like, okay, some you know some good plays there. And I'm like, then I watch some other throws. I'm like, who are you throwing the ball to? Like, there's like three jets in the area. Where are you throwing the football? It's it, like your receiver is double covered. I'm like, what what are you doing, man? And then, I mean, watching Tim Boyle was no better. Um. Watching Tim Boyle struggle to complete a five-yard pass, literally every down was excruciating. Like, I don't know how anybody could, like, if you're a Jets fan, I know, and I know this area well, Jets fans, why would you pay money to go to see a garbage football team like this? Why? What what enjoyment do you get? You wasted money on parking, food, souvenirs, tickets to see garbage, to see to see a team score eight points against the Atlanta Falcons. Who actually not um, for nothing. Not for nothing. I also, I, I also actually pretty good. It it is. I'm also gonna extend that to people in New England. I'm going to <laughs> extend that to people in Bucksland, which was barely anybody because uh-huh. you could only get the game on like Sunday ticket. Um uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, that was unbelievably bad. But I, I was just, I was about to puke. I was in bed and I was like, God, I want to puke. This is gross. I didn't, obviously, because I'm not crazy. Um, but uh, Colts, Titans, Brandon, we said this might end in the tie. Look at what it did. It almost ended in the tie. Yeah. It, was probably, it was probably the least interesting game of the oh. 10 o'clock hour, minus the really bad teams. It was probably the least interesting game, and it's still in an OT. <laughs> It's it's funny because that game was like the only one though that like the scoring was awkward in that game, but but at the same time like it was the it was what I think it was the best game of the one o'clock window. It was, but did you pay attention to it at all? Oh hell no! I didn't care. And and, well, and Will Le- and Will Levis Will Levis is pissing me off. I'm watching him play, and I'm like. This is even worse than Bryce Young. And Bryce Young made some terrible throws today. Like, Bryce Young looked abysmal today. And and I still think Will Levis is worse. I still think Will... I honestly think Will Levis is, like, wrapped in mail under his, under his jersey. Because I don't understand what what is he doing on offense. What is, the only thing that's good about Will Levis being there is Derrick Henry looks great. Hopkins looks great. Finally. Yeah. That's a positive. But that's not a Super Bowl positive. That's just yeah, a no. positive. It's not even a playoff positive. It's not, it's not even a borderline playoff positive. It's just <laughs> it's just a positive. It's just a random it's, positive. It, it's like it's like a it's like a it's like a, a, a person that's presumed dead and then they finally have a heartbeat after five minutes. That's the positive. Like <laughs> it's like you know, like like it's still not going to go anywhere. It's still a dead body, more or less. But it's it's it now has life all of a sudden. Like, but uh, you know, but not much of it. Yeah, wow. that that was pretty much that. The Commanders. If you're the head coach of the Commanders next year, are you starting Sam Howell? Yes or no? Yes. 
I think absolutely yes. Yes, yeah. You, there, there's no way you don't. Sam Howell needs he needs an offensive line, and he and he needs receivers that can consistently catch the football, and he needs a defense that doesn't suck. Like Commanders, like going into the season, actually had a decent defense, and then it just imploded. So, I like my God, if you give Sam Howell any help, and it's crazy, like. We keep saying, oh, well, like people keep saying, oh, you know, Terry McLaurin uh, is not being helped by his quarterback. It's the other way around. Terry McLaurin's not helping his quarterback. That's my point. The receivers aren't helping him. So where is he going to throw to? Other than that, he's been spectacular. Like they have a good running back. They have Brian Robinson. You know, they have a change of pace back with having Antonio Gibson. I don't know if he'll be there next year. I don't know what his contract looks like. Um, But. You have that. So you have a decent, kind of a decent running game developing there. You have, we thought Terry McLaurin is good. I still think he is, but he's been awful this year. He can't catch a cold in the middle of December. Uh, and, you know, so, like Sam Howell's only consistent receiver this year has been what? Curtis Samuel, who was their wide receiver three. And, and, that? and Logan Thomas. So, like, when when that's your like best and the crazy thing is Sam Howell has like a like a bajillion passing yards. Like it's it's not like this he's, guy is like he's he's leading but people don't understand. He's leading the league in passing yards. And when I watch him, I gotta be honest, when I watch Sam Howell, even through all the mistakes, I'm blown away. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's a franchise quarterback. They found oh. him. I'm like they, blown they, away they by need him. they need to do better by him. Like it, it or else it's gonna end up like well, it's gonna end up by like their previous quarterbacks, like Heineke, RG3, Kirk Cousins, like it's you need to get him some help. Like I mean, like he's got a lot of picks this year. I mean, but if you take out really the the I mean he only had two he only had two bad games this year. Like there was two games where he threw a combined seven interceptions. So like if you I mean if you take those, I mean, you can't take them away, but if you take them away, his numbers were fantastic. So, like, I mean, what else do you want? Like, they keep saying, oh, well, he's up and down. Like, he's up and down because he has no help. Like, But it's not because he's bad. It's actually because he's amazing. I he's guarantee, good. like, I guarantee if you give this guy any semblance of an O-line, Consistent like possession receivers. If you, I mean, Logan Thomas is still pretty good. I mean, he has a couple fumble issues, but he's still decent. And you keep their running back in play. If you do that, like, what do they have? What are they four and eight, four and nine now? Like that team, like four and nine this year, could be a team that goes like, I don't know, seven and five next year. I, like, I also, I'm, I'm just gonna say this: if they, if they give him all that, which it won't, it will take a few years. But if they if he had all that this year, he's a top six NFL quarterback, probably top five. He's oh, like yeah. in the CJ oh, Stroud kind of area, I think easily. Oh yeah, like he's nobody talks about him because the Commanders are so bad. It's, it's but like if you when, watch, I I love watching him. That's yeah. my thing. I can't take my eyes off him. Nobody else in the country is talking about him. They're just looking at his stats. Watch yeah. him play. It's ridiculous how good it is. It's, it's insane it's, to me. It's like, you know, it's funny how people in the, in the, like when looking at the NFC East in general, it's like they look at the quarterback position and it's like, oh, like, like this year, it's like, oh, there's Dak and everybody else. I'm like, well, Jalen Hurts is still the MVP 
front runner, at least, or at least top three still to me. Tommy uh, DeVito's fun. Tommy DeVito's and, fun. Sam, Sam Howell's It's good. the future. And Sam Howell's yeah, like, the future. There you go. Imagine, Sam like, Howell's like, the future of this division. Like, people want to laugh at the NFC East a lot because, you know, the Commanders and the Giants are, like, always, like, little brother compared to Philly and Dallas. But it's, like, they have, like, if you look at it right now, I mean, it, it, it might not seem like it when you when you go down past, you know, Dak and Jalen, but Sam Howell's good and Tommy DeVito's fun. Like, you can't say, like, that's three out of your four quarterbacks that are at least good. You can't say that. I don't think about any other division right now. I'm not sure if there's many. The, look, are the Giants fun as a franchise right now? No, but no. Tommy DeVito is entertaining. Tommy DeVito, yeah, yeah, this. Like, um, I yeah, I mean he's, that's kind of fun. again. I'm I know the Commanders lost, but so we're, again, our main points for the day are we understand the rest of the NFL because of the Eagles Niners game, and Sam Howell is actually phenomenal. <laughs> People yeah. kind of relax about it and watch him play. Um, we're almost out of time for the day, but let's talk about the CFP. Can you please explain to our audience why Florida State didn't go in? I mean, I, listen, I I know how how heartbreaking that is when you work all season. You get to that point, you're under, you're literally undefeated. You are in a Power Five conference. You you won your conference, you know, title. You know, you did all the right things. Problem is, you shouldn't be in the college football playoff when you don't have a starting quarterback and, and your offense cannot move the ball with a true freshman. And I mean, even with even with 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 Rodemaker, it it I mean, it, it wasn't. I mean, it was better obviously because nothing's worse than having your true freshman out there leaving him out there to die. But you know, even with with him in there, it still wasn't a good offense. Like. You like if you go into that college, if they make the college football playoff with those teams, with Texas, Michigan, and Washington, they're getting blown the hell out by thirty plus. Even like, against Washington, who we don't like, even think is that great. Like in everybody, so everybody's like, oh, Washington, like, how, oh. Washington, Washington. I don't think we all think they're that great because defensive, they're not that great. Washington smacks them. Oh, Washington annihilates them. <laughs> Michael Michael Penix, like, listen, Florida State's defense is really good, but Michael Penix will probably still throw like 300 yards and like probably three TDs on them. He began because he'd be, he'd be getting 10,000 chances because they're off. FSU's offense can't move the ball, so he'd be getting chances left and right. So either way, the stats would stack up by the end of the game. I so, think it's unbelievable. What people have to understand too about the college football playoff. Look, the committee. I am yeah, so the committee system in both college basketball and college football is stupid. The CFP yeah. committee is run by U.S. former congressmen, congressmen and women. I'm serious. This is a thing. But so what? Dumb. But but people coming like ESPN today. People coming on ESPN. And saying that Florida State not getting the playoff is the one of the biggest disgraces in college football history is unbelievably wrong. Yeah. Because number one, it's what you said. And number two is the fact that the networks watch Florida State. You have to understand yeah. that the networks are part of this too. ESPN does not want the last thing ESPN wants is for another year of both of their games to be blowouts in the college football playoff. Yeah. It's happened the last three years. 
regardless of who you think deserves to go in, the networks have some say in what the playoff looks like. But also, if you watch Florida State play, just their quality of play, as you mentioned, it's not deserving of yeah. a playoff spot. It just isn't. The teams above them, regardless of how you feel about Alabama, and they've been up and down all year long, Alabama's a better team than them by a mile. It's 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 100%. not it it's about it's not just what team is most deserving, it's what teams deserve to be there. Yeah. And I think Shane said this in our chat earlier. I think you said it and I said it. This this playoff makes sense. And we have no real qualms about it. Yeah. It just makes sense. This is how it ended up. And like the idea that Florida State is our only qualm, I guess, our only issue, is actually great for college football. Yeah, because this was one of the easiest things for them to do. Yeah, like, and people don't realize this. Like, no matter what you do, somebody had to be left out. You're not going to leave out Michigan. They're they're undefeated. They, they they and they they their defense is great. Their offense is a little bit sus at times, but their their defense is great. Like the, and and they still kept all the pieces there throughout this entire run. They deserve to be where they are. Washington deserves to be where they are. They ran through the Pac-12. They they beat Oregon twice. And if Oregon would have won that game, Oregon would basically be in their spot. Yeah. Um. Like, you know, and, it's those, like, and, the, and that's another thing too. Those Washington Oregon games, regardless of both these defenses being awful. Both of those Washington Oregon games were competitive, competitive oh, as hell. Oh, Where yeah. is Florida State super competitive and interesting game this year? None, zero. None. Like you know, you could like everybody keeps talking about like the the record. I'm like I'm like the record doesn't matter when you look at the quality of football. It never does. Like it's you know it's the same and reason that, why I kept, it was why I kept it's the same saying, for Alabama and Texas too. I'm just want to say that what we're saying is the same for Alabama and Texas. They had games. That had national value throughout the season. Yeah. And it's like we we look at right, like I I've been saying about the Eagles. I love the fact that my Eagles were ten and one coming into today, but their record didn't dictate what their quality of football was. And that's like, exactly what Florida State is. Exactly. And that's the problem with Florida State. And that's why they got left out, which is why like in like when I bring it back to my Eagles, why they might end up losing the playoffs, God forbid, because of the same reasons. So it's like it's just worse because if you put Florida State in the playoff, they lose fifty to ten. Oh, they're getting hammered. They get, yeah, they get. They're getting hammered. Yeah, they're you're, getting you're... walloped. It doesn't make sense. Why exactly? Like, like, and it's like people are like, oh, how does like you know, like look at this. Like, like, like let's look at the top ten. Like nothing, nothing here. Like they got it completely right. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama are your four. Then you got Florida State. Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri, Penn State. Those are all perfectly fine. All of them. Like, you're not gonna you're gonna move obviously Georgia out because they lost to in the in the game that they should have won. Uh so Alabama's course gonna take that spot from them. They were eight and they were they were surging late in the season. And they had a better, I think, track record at that point than guys that were in front of them, like Ohio State, you know. Like a, a Texas at one point, like the it's, it was there. the The resume was there. Like it's you know they're like oh you know people complain about Florida State being five. It's like, but where else are you going to put them? Georgia f- fell out from one to six, deservedly so. Ohio State went from six to seven because they didn't play a game, so of course they're going to get bumped back a spot. 
Oregon was fifth, could have ended up second, ended up at eight. So they they had a three three slot, slot swing either way. And so, and the re- and the reason why they're even behind like the sixth spot for Georgia is because of the quality of comp- competition packed off and exactly. the quality of that defense. So it's like I don't get why people are saying that that Florida State got hosed. It's like that's not true at all. Florida State didn't deserve to be in the top four. Period. <laughs> like if you had if you had Jordan Travis, maybe. But, oh, that's a different oh, I, story. Yeah, but even it's, even, I think like, it's a, even with him, maybe it's more complex. But it, yeah. but it, it doesn't make the case that much better. Yeah, everybody's like, oh well, they you know they won. I'm like, yeah, Louisville had ten thousand chances to beat them, but Louisville was just as bad as they were offensively. So it was like, you know, there's there's another reason why. It's like it's just, you know, the other the other teams stepped up when they had to win their conference games. You had you almost blew it ten thousand different times in that game. So yeah, you won it, but once again, the quality of football and how you won it matters to the committee. Like in it, the should NFL, ma- it should matter. It should matter not to the committee. It should matter to everybody. It should matter yeah. to people on ESPN who are covering this damn thing. Who yeah. watch this? We don't cover college football. That's not our job. We're just doing this for a segment, and we get it. Like it's, I hate when people are like, I hate when, because you're going to hear in the media all day. You heard it that, well, today after the selections, you're going to hear it tomorrow too after, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, where it's like, oh, how could they leave Florida State out? They're 13 and 0. I'm like, your record doesn't tell the whole story. You're like, it can like, if the record matches. The record matches for Washington. The record matches for Michigan. It exactly. matches. Yeah. But it's like, but it's like, but when you look at teams that get like left out and you want, like, you have to do a deeper dive. And this is why I like that it's going to expand next year to 12 teams. So we're going to have it fun next to. year. We're going to have fun. And then now, now I won't be able to complain because Oregon should still make that next year. Yeah. So, if, if, I mean, if, if, yeah, they would be eight. They would be. Yeah. Cause look at, look at the, look at the schedule. Uh, they're only, they only have, I think, two short losses and that's Michigan and Ohio State. So the rest of them should be wins. So really, they should kind of be really yeah. in that eight to 10 spot again. So I, I'm fine but with that. We're, I want to talk about that with Shane tomorrow, but that time up Big Ten is going to be lit and like having that conversation. But yeah, yeah. Well, we went the forty minutes and we hit everything, Brandon. We I just let's 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 get it done when we get it done, right? Pretty much. I mean, because it wasn't much. You know, we just got it, got through it, and wasn't much to say other than just that pretty much an event session rant. <laughs> All right. Well. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, we'll see Shane tomorrow. Um, we're doing Pan's Labyrinth tomorrow, um, which is why we didn't cover it today. We're doing it tomorrow because we want to talk some CFP. But uh, we'll see you all tomorrow on the pod. And uh, have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, sir. Take care, everybody. All right. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast, a special Wednesday episode because frick the game tomorrow with Brandon and Shane. How are you guys doing? Doing great. How about you guys? Pretty damn good. Are you guys happy that we're not recording tomorrow? Because I'm actually quite God, happy that. God bless America. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, I, I did want to comment on the uh, insane matchup that will be Mitch Trubisky versus. Bailey Zappy, but you know, I guess we'll have to do that another time. <laughs> we'll probably do some snippet of it on Sunday. I'm watching the in season tournament. That's one of the best damn things the NBA has ever put in. 
it, it there's the ter- the games have been so good, so good. I'm having so much fun with that right now. You know what else we had fun with over this past few days? Jake Browning. Shane, your thoughts on his performance on Monday? Because that was incredible. Yeah, you know that kind of surprised me because he, you know, as as you guys know, he's been a basically a career backup practice squad guy not basically that is what he's been um and you know i kind of felt like that's just what he was and going back to seeing him at u-dub in college and yeah he was good there but i was always like he's you know like he's a good college quarterback but i just i can't see him doing well in the pros and you know, hence the reason he went undrafted, um, despite the college success. And so, you know, this was really, despite all that, I, I, I was always a fan of him, and I, you know, he brought UW to the, to the playoff for the first time, um, and you know, so I'll, I'll always be. As a fan, I feel like I'll always be indebted to him for that. Um, so, you know, it, it was kind of nice to see him get an opportunity and to succeed the way he did. Um, I mean, he only had five incompletions. Uh, you know, he he wasn't he wasn't doing anything too fancy, but he didn't really need to. You know, and part of that is because Jack's defense was not great <laughs> um but uh you know just in general he just kind of looked more or less the way he did in college you know just being a a good ball distributor and not nothing too flashy or whatever but he's accurate and he gets the ball where it needs to be and uh yeah, it was it was fun to see. I don't know if he'll continue that, but you know, at least the one game was was cool. Brandon, you and I were kind of freaking out because it felt like Joe Burrow was on the field. It's it's funny. It didn't like you know early on in the season we said, oh yeah, or at least you know at least a couple weeks ago we were like, yeah, you know, Bengals, Jags gonna be Burrow against Trevor Lawrence, and. By the end of the game, we ended up with well, start coming into the game. Hey, Jake Bryant, we ended up with Browning versus Bethard. <laughs> well, I mean, you would never, you know, never in a million years did you think that. But my God, Jay, like Jake Browning, like saved that game from being a Jags blowout. Uh, man, was that just impressive? That like, it, it wasn't just the fact that it's like you know we we can sit here and you know, say oh, you know, like early on. You could see the game plan for him was, you know, dinks and dunks and things like that. And you could see they were trying to just get him kind of rolling out and get guys open in space and kind of just play, at least early on, a more conservative kind of game. But then as the night went on, it just grew and grew and grew. And all of a sudden, you know, here we are at the end of the game. The guy's 32 of 37 for over 350 yards. Like, that was amazing. Uh I mean, I'm still in shock of the dime that he threw to Jamar Chase basically down the sideline for a TD. Oh, that was beautiful. Um, 
because it's like you know a backup should not be able to to get that going. Like that's that's impressive. Um, like listen, they're, you know they're 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 pro athletes for a reason, but a backup quarterback doing that is just that right there. I was like, wow, this game is something else. Um, and his game was something else. And uh, like at this point, at least in the Midwest, in in Bengal land and all across those states over there, a guy's become like an icon. Um, I, you know, if he, if he continues to play like that, that's, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. There's no way he's going to light up the league every single week, you know, for the next, you know, five weeks. Uh, but, you know, we, uh, that was one hell of a game by him. That was one hell of a game in general. Uh, and, I mean, if you're a Jaguars fan, you have to be really concerned now on the flip side of things because you are basically you're what you're doing. Four, four to six weeks. For, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, four, four to weeks. Six weeks. Four weeks so, minimum. Mean, so yeah, you you have to hang on. You have to hang on and find a way to win a couple games and kind of cement your spot in the playoffs because you can't go, you know, just with eight wins into this playoff, especially when you have the tech. And now the Texans are coming; they're right behind them. So, uh, you know, as, as things look right now, you could be looking at a wild card and you can end up dropping out of the wild card if you don't win a couple games. So uh, they're in a real precarious spot, but it's, you know, these are things that happen in the NFL. You know, so, you know, and Beathard, you know, for what it was worth, I don't think, you know, he, he knows that he's already a veteran quarterback. He knows the system he's in. I don't think he should struggle too bad, but – He's going to be like kind of like how we thought Jake Browning was going to be like, you know, hey, we don't know, you know, we don't think this guy's any good, but, you know, we'll see what, what happens. And he went off and exploded. So if Beathard can have kind of a of a Browning type game, then, OK, then maybe you can hang on. But they're in a real dangerous spot right now. Uh, and the Bengals are hoping that they can find some more Browning magic the rest of the season. So honestly, that game was fun. He was fun. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much wrapping that up for Monday night for me. Shane, your thoughts on what the Jags have to do here over the next six weeks or so. Well, you know, if they want to stay in playoff contention, I think they got to find a different quarterback. Um, (laughs) I don't know how you do that at this point in the season. Um, but no, I think they, you know, they just, they really need to lean into the run game, which I'm sure they will. Um, and defensively, they they just got to hang in there as best they can. Uh, you know, because I mean, at this point right now, I feel like, I feel like this is Houston's division to lose right now. Um, yeah, which I never in a million years thought I'd be saying that about this season. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they don't look great, but they look competent at least, you know, and uh, you look at like the game that they had recently, Jacksonville versus Houston, and, you know, had Lawrence not been in that game, they probably would have lost it. It was a really close game. And, so, you know, they they're treading on thin ice here, to say the least. 
Um, but, you know, as of right now, I, again, I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I like Houston to win the division. Um, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of key injuries for quarterbacks, especially in the AFC. Um, so, I mean, for them to make the playoffs wouldn't be like the craziest thing ever because, I mean, what do they have to compete with? You know, so it's, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting December in the NFL. And uh, I'm just excited for a 28, uh, was it 17, 2018 Apple Cup rematch uh, coming up here? <laughs> Jake Browning versus Gardner Minshew. Um, never thought I'd see that in the NFL, but oh my God, I'm here we are. What the hell? All right. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> yeah, all the core, all the quarterback injuries in the AFC and uh, commerce we thought was going to be really entertaining um, and really fun, but it's entertaining and fun in, in a sad and different way, I would think. Shane, what were your overall thoughts on Sunday for you this week? Yeah, I mean, you know things are bad when um, Tua is the best quarterback in the conference. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, which I don't know if he is, but anyways, <clears throat> yeah, Sunday was just another strange day in the year from hell of the NFL. <laughs> um, you know, the the Chargers winning six to nothing over the Patriots was just classic. I mean, that sums up this whole year. Um. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, the NFL is very strange this year. And it was annoying me, but now I just find it funny. Because, you know, I'm at that point where I'm like, you know what, this, none of this makes sense. It's fine. So, I'm just, I think right now I'm just looking ahead at, like, all the different playoff scenarios with all these injuries and the remaining schedules that some teams have and you know there's a lot of we've kind of had an idea throughout the year of like okay it's probably gonna be you know these guys winning these divisions and then these wildcard teams but now i feel like well maybe we don't know you know it's it's kind of uh all up in the air it seems like so it's uh, it's gonna be interesting are you back to saying the Niners are the best team in football? Uh, I mean, right now, yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I, you know, they... And people will say, well, they had that three-game lose streak. Yes, they did. But that was, you know, two months ago. Um, you know, this is, this is now. <laughs> and, you know, they took the team that I'd been calling the best team for the last two months in Philadelphia and, uh, you know, kind of just wipe the floor with them. Sorry, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I feel like I have to, uh, put them at, at one right now. Um, you know, I think 
they're they're very interesting teams to me because I believe San Francisco is uh, is faster and um, I guess prettier than the Eagles. Remember, I called the Niners a hot woman like in Week Six. I think that's you know, a blast. <laughs> Uh, yeah um but then you know i think philly's much bigger tougher stronger um you know so they're just they're very they're very different types of teams uh, i mean you know every every position they play is just different um Going to their quarterbacks, the uh, the MVP leader somehow, Brock Purdy. <laughs> you know he's he's very much a pocket guy, just not like super athletic, not the strongest arm, but he's really accurate. But uh, you know, whereas Jalen Hurts is massive, huge, strong, uh, really fast kind of plays all over the field. So it's just, I mean, everything about these teams is just could not be more different. So they're hard to compare and they, you know, it's hard to match them up and think, well, okay, I think this person's going to win and that, you know, but then seeing that game, it was like, Ooh, this, and I, I think the difference in that game ultimately was, the coaching, and uh, when I say the coaching, I'm referring to uh, Brandon's favorite offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, <laughs> who, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I told these guys in our in our uh, group text, I was like, Brian Johnson shows up to the field and says, "Okay, so we're going up against the best pass defense, possibly the best pass defense." in the league, and uh, it's pouring rain, and we have one of the best running backs in the league, so let's throw on every play. I mean, that's... No offense to him, but that that's just stupid. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing about that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I, I... Dude, you, you could take a middle school football coach and put him in there and he'd probably call a better game than that. Thank you. Like, like, what are we doing here? Uh, and, and how is this man still employed? Anyways, Robert, go uh, ahead. I have, I have, so, so we talked about this on Sunday and I'll relay the question to you, Shane. I, I have this feeling that Northeast teams don't know how to play in Northeast weather. Is that right or wrong? Cause I feel like we've seen so that true. Three, I feel like oh we've my seen God. last three years in the NFL. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. You know who plays good for the Northeast? San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? They're in like the sunniest, one of the sunniest places in all the NFL. Um, Why do you think is that though? From from your coaching expertise, doing high school coaching, like why do you believe that is? Is it just because the teams like the Niners are more concerned about weather than the Northeast teams are? Like, is there why? Do uh, like, why? Why are they? 
why are a they good so, cold weather team yes, versus like northeast teams who seem to just not care about it well you know i mean it, it's it's a couple different things i think i mean first of all they their personnel definitely works for that you know as far as being able to run a lot with McCaffrey and Debo and even a fullback use check. But then they also have lots of, you know, quick short passes just because of the West Coast style of offense they run. And their quarterback is the perfect guy for that. You know, and so all that works well for bad weather. And you know, they probably really, I mean, we saw it in the Philly game uh, this last week. They they really leaned into running in short passes more so than usual, probably because they were like, hmm, well, it's pouring rain here. So, you know, let's just, you know, let, let's not try and do anything big and crazy. Let's just do what we know we can do, pick up a few yards at a time. And that's what they did. <clears throat> um and I don't, I mean, I don't know why so many of the Northeast teams uh, play like they're in LA. I, it's, it is mind blowing to me. I mean, sometimes it makes sense if it's like the Bills, where they don't really have a consistent run game, and they have a quarterback who is big in terms of like his size but also just the way he plays he's always thrown deep wants to launch it and and then you know like for Philly you have an offensive coordinator who I just thinks that Jalen Hurts should be treated like Josh Allen or something apparently mm-hmm. uh, and you know so uh, but yeah, so sometimes it's a personnel issue where the Bills' offense is all Allen and Diggs, and they like the big pass. So that, I mean, that makes more sense. Doesn't mean that they're right to do that, but um, but yeah, like Philly, but the personnel they have, I'm sorry, but they have no excuse to play like that. Uh, not the players, but the for the coach, for the coaching staff to call that sort of a game plan, um, they absolutely have the guys and the talent and the depth as well. I think that's an important piece to be able to do that and you know play these cold weather games. Not even cold weather, but just you know rain and awful weather. And um, they just don't for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. It's it's just bizarre. Um, Brandon, I'll, I'll go to you with the whole Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts MVP conversation. I, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because their play styles are so different, but they're going to be neck and neck for the MVP the rest of the year, it seems like. Do, do you kind of feel the same way as, as we're kind of going into December here? I think they'll be, they'll be neck and neck, but I mean, call call me a homer, call me biased, but Brock Purdy shouldn't be anywhere near the MVP conversation. His, mm. No way. His, like, there's no he's he is he like they call Jalen Hurts a system quarterback. That's false. But Brock Purdy absolutely is a system quarterback. 
I've said it for for the past year. He's a glorified game manager. I'm not going to change that stance until he actually wins something. Uh, they have the talent, but it's not him. And you can say, oh, well, he's got, you know, the most air yards, you know, per attempt. It's like, you know, but who's getting them down the field most of the time? CMC, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. Like, I don't see Brock Purdy throwing the ball 60, 70 yards down the field to make a big play. You know, like like a guy like Mahomes can do. I mean, Josh Allen, despite his struggles, can do that. You know, Brock Purdy's not, I mean, doesn't have the strongest arm, doesn't have a lot of mobility. I mean, he can move, but he's not a mobile quarterback. Uh, so there's no dual threat presence with him. Uh, I mean, just like everything about, like, I just don't see what other, listen, I, I could be way wrong. You know, I don't claim to be the sharpest tool in the shed, but the from what I see. in the shed, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know. That's been a saying. That's been a saying for for years. Um, yeah, that's very old. Yeah, but um, like you know, I just don't. With him, it's like okay, he can go like nineteen and twenty-seven. That's cool, but at least sixty percent of those completions are che- are checkdowns that end up going 40, 50 yards down the field. So, I mean, and, you, and I mean against the Eagles, it was no different. I mean, towards the end of the game, they got blown out, but early on, that that was the game plan. CMC, you know, couple, couple, you know, ten yard routes to Kittle. All of a sudden, they were down the field, and then you know, Debo breaking tackles, like, you know, Brock Purdy didn't beat the Eagles; his weapons did, and the Eagles' defense beat themselves because they couldn't tackle. Um, you know, they couldn't stop a nosebleed if they tried. <laughs> oh my uh, but like, you know, it's I still still think it'd be neck and neck, like, but from from a purely just you know, objective standpoint, from what I look at, when I look at the MVP race, I look at Tyreek, CMC. Uh, I probably put, yeah, I, I would put my own quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in there. Um, and to me, what Jalen Hurts does, I mean, listen, the numbers are not going to be as impressive as a Brock Purdy, as a, a Dak, as a, you know, as, as all the other quarterbacks that, that can, throw, you know, 70-yard bombs down the field or what, or, or at least they, they have, you know, listen, Jalen Hurts has playmakers too, but look at the coaching of all these teams that have MVP candidates. The Eagles by far have the worst, literally have a guy that should be fired as an offensive coordinator and putting a lot of stress on Jalen Hurts every game on a bum leg. Mind you, Jalen Hurts is still doing this on a bum leg. I think people seem to forget that. Yeah, he's still so, kind of hurt. From what you He's still kind of hurt, so like you know, it's not it's not an excuse if it's true to me. So you know, when I look at him, I mean, look at last game, he still finished with over 300 yards total yards between passing and rushing. So I don't want to hear that he can't do it or that he's not deserving of an MVP. He's, he's more than deserving of of being in the MVP race. More than he's got the second most total TDs in the NFL. He's got 31 of them. Uh, so, you know, and everybody talks about his turnovers. I'm like, yeah, go back and watch the games because if you, if you actually pay attention to the games, at least half the turnovers are not his fault. Um, you know, we're a very kind of, you know, everybody looks at numbers, 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 but I, the eye test. Brandon, eye I, have test a, I have a question. I have a question for you. Are you, yeah, are you partially saying this because you bet 
good money on Jalen Hurts winning the MVP in July. Well, I, I'm not even. I bet. I bet after they left, they, right after they lost the Super Bowl, I bet it. Tell um, Shane how much you bet again. I put twenty five bucks down because at the time the odds was was like plus one thousand. So plus like, one thousand, Shane. It was it was something like that. It was plus like eight hundred or plus one thousand, whatever it was. Well, either way, it was twenty five bucks to win three fifty. So, uh. I still listen. I still think he wins it. I I still don't see, like, especially if they beat the Cowboys and people are putting you know Dak in this conversation. I think if he beats Dak again, it, it disqualifies Dak. I don't care what Dak does the rest of the season. Jalen Hurts beat him twice. So, so don't I, care. I want to just mention this: the MVP race right now, at least in the media's perspective, is Hurts, in no particular order: Hurts, Purdy, Dak. Shane, do you agree with that at all? Because I don't. I think Purdy should be top five. I don't think Dak is even close in the conversation. Well, how do you um, feel about where everyone else kind of has the MVP race compared to kind of where we kind of sit with it? I don't. I I don't think Purdy should be in the conversation. Um, like I I don't I wouldn't even put him in the top ten. Um. And I, in that's no disrespect. I, I, I like him. You guys know that. But, um, but he's ultimately, you know, if a if a guy works in a factory, and he there's works this on a farm. Giant... Oh my god, where's this going? <laughs> well, not him, but. Um, well, yes, he does, but I'm... Well, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. If a guy works on a farm, he takes his, goes and picks his corn like we've seen him do, <clears throat> the, he is... Yeah, he's operating the machine and getting the corn, but <clears throat> he's not the guy who... You know, the mechanical engineer who made the machine who had the you know the the brain power to and the labor to put it all together and all these small individual parts and get it to work the way it does those people are CMC and George Kittle and D he's just the guy who operates it and hey we need the guy to operate it and we need him to do a good job and he does but that's not like but that job does not exist without those other guys. Not even close, right? And so, uh, that being said, I do think, you know, yes, a guy like Jalen Hurts has a lot of guys around him. Yes, but he's also, I mean, you can just see it when you watch them because... Like Brandon said, you know, stats are one thing, but the eye test, that's when you see that even though Hertz has all this talent, he's doing a lot of this stuff himself. And and he's making things happen. It's not like they're just happening around him, um, which is the case with San Francisco. Uh, same Dak, I mean, yeah, he's done great against crappy teams, and then you put him against a semi-decent team and, and he, you know, looks like some practice squad guy. So no, um, 
then uh, what, what were the other two that you said? Well, I, I, I was just focusing on the fact that you have, you have three guys that are clearly leading this race right now, and it's Hertz, it's Purdy, and it's Dak. And I would make an argument yeah. that Purdy and Dak are not even close on our list right now at all. No. Um, I think I, I think Dak, for me, is closer than Purdy. Um, you know, I, I still wouldn't put him top five, but I, I I think you there's a better argument for him. Um, I think my top my top three, I would say Hertz, Hill, and CMC. And I think I, um, I'm, I'm down with that as well. I like I'm, that. I'm on the same train as that too. I, I yeah. I mean, and I and feel then like CMC I, and Hill are just getting disrespected in the MVP conversation right now. It's yeah. the quarterback award. That's the problem. But because what Hill and CMC are doing is something like unheard of in the last 10, 20 years of this league, if not way more than that. That yeah. should be acknowledged, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I, you know, I mean, hopefully they'll win like offensive player of the year at least or something like that, but um one of them will. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not seeing the argument for Dak or Purdy. Um I think I'd put yeah, I'd put those three guys um, ahead of him. Same with CJ Stroud. I'd put him above Dak. Oh, yeah. um, I think CJ definitely deserves it right now. So I would. I'd put AJ Brown ahead of him. I'd put. I'd put TJ Watt in front of him. Um. Let's see. Probably a few other guys. I don't know, but anyways, um, you know. Kind of gives you an idea of where I'm at with that. <clears throat> uh, Brandon, do you want to give your live reaction of Juan Soto going to the Yankees? Because uh, I, I can't hold it. Oh, I supposed to listen. I know he's a rental. But when you come to New York, you know damn well you're going to sign an extension. So, oh, my Lord. I just want to know exactly what they gave up for him. But uh, everything. it's oh, more or less. Really, the only thing they gave up that was that's worth talking about is Michael King. Because um, Michael King is a, a great pitcher. Uh, he's, he's been a great pitcher for the Yankees for the past two seasons. Uh, so it sucks to get him. But you got you know, you got to give to get. And that is more than worth the get. Um, uh, so, I mean, it's for impressive. me, that, it's, I mean, now you got to figure out what you do with, you know, some of the other bums on the team. Uh, you know, because like Stanton's contract, Stanton, Stanton in general is an albatross for this team. But, my God, Juan Soto's a Yankee. That left-handed swing is going to look so sick at Yankee Stadium. And, oh, my, I can't wait to see the Soto shuffle. Uh uh, oh man, the words cannot. I'm sleeping good tonight. Listen, with this news, and then the Eagles take care of business on Sunday. 
I'm gonna have the greatest Christmas of all time. <laughs> it is it's your it is your it is your Christmas week off. Also, I just put this in the chat. Do you yeah, I wanna just say can I talk to Amazon really quick? I need to talk to Amazon. <laughs> You're promoting this game tomorrow with using so you use Bill Belichick versus TJ Watt as your promotional material on last Thursday. And then your your next promotional material is, oh, yeah, we're going to use horses and a steel mill helmet. You never want to use any of the goddamn oh, players, bro. Pop, pot cookies right there. Um, yeah, it's a crazy I know a few movie. people who... I know a few people who work at Amazon Prime. I'll, I'll see if I can get a hold of them. Yeah, ask them to do better. Ask them to, for us to promote the game. We do a better job. Um, speaking, Don't of, watch this game. It's going to suck. Yeah, please don't. Um, speaking of that, uh, Brandon, let's talk about coaches we can't stand watching. You finally have come up with your Matt Canada's of the year. We're calling it the Providences. Who, who do you have on your list so far of Matt the Moore. Matt Canada's? If, oh man, and I remember we, you know, I had talked about this with you on the phone, Rob, for a while, and I was trying to, I looked at, I had to look at actually, like, I had to look at a map of the NFL and be like, which teams have talent that it hasn't worked and the play calling is terrible? And so I can't, well, six, well, the last one's a joke, but five names, uh, I mean, well, one of the, actually one of them is also a joke. The, the other four are definitely factual. One of them is kind of a joke, but I just want to bring it in there because it's funny anyway. And the other one is just definitely way way too much of a joke. But okay, so we know there's Matt Canada who got fired, but he's the he's, reason for this list. He's the leader, and we're calling it the yeah, provinces because Canada. There you go. Yeah, he's 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 the reason for this list. So obviously. <laughs> it sounds it sounds wrong, but I don't know how to describe him. Other than they call him Black Matt Canada, and that's Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson only know <laughs> Brian Johnson only knows four plays, and it's wide receiver screen, QB draw, four verts, uh, and every now and then he'll sprinkle in, uh, you know, like some sort of like half back power. Yeah, ha- basically a half back power. Uh, so yeah, those are his four plays, and then he does nothing else. Um. Which also makes what Jalen Hurts does more impressive, mind you. Uh, we have head coach Matt Canada, <laughs> just Brandon Staley. Uh, there's Chargers fans. There's, there's no explanation needed for that one. Yeah, we, uh, we have talked about it. Yeah, that that team has way too much talent to be playing as awfully as they are. Um, then we have wide receiver pass Matt Canada. This is a new one, and that's Zach Taylor for the Bengals. Because this man loves calling them at least twice a game. <laughs> Which he uh, did on Monday. And they never work. <laughs> and and it was so bad that... I'm going to try it again. Yeah, it was so bad. The first time was bad enough. The second time, you had Tyler Boyd throw it r- literally right to the Jags defense. Uh, that, uh, easiest interception in, in NFL history right there. Um... So then, no, you know, that doesn't need much of an explanation. Here's the funny, well, one of the funny ones. 1950s football, Matt Canada. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> uh, for for the Patriots. Because the Patriots, oh, God. The, the Patriots don't have a ton of talent. But, my God, act like you're actually interested in trying to win a football game. 
Because they 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 literally do play football because in the 1950s, all they do is run the ball, and when they do pass, it's just like they have no clue what the hell they're doing. So I, I also have a sidebar for this. I don't know if you guys saw this week on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Uh, the Patriots still mathematically have a shot to make the playoffs. Sickening. Which is just <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, math kind of I mean, sucks for these reasons, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna end this week. Yeah, um, but still, I uh, just want to say that. But continue, Brandon. Yeah. So then there's that, uh, as everybody uh, knows, because anybody watch. I don't know why you'd watch Patriots football even if you're a Patriots fan this year, but you would know that. Um, That's our point in the show today. We, we don't want to. We don't care about the game. Uh, and then this one, I really had to dig for because I was really getting stumped. But I figured it out, and it's it's kind of a, a wordplay joke in in the 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 uh, way I'm going to say it. But fast car Matt Canada, which is Pete Carmichael for the Saints. Um, so obviously Derek Carr is their quarterback. Fast car. Also, they've had issues with with speeding among their wide receivers and getting arrested. So. Uh, fast car, Matt Canada, that team, if you look at that team, that team has talent offensively, but, but they are, they're just terrible too. So, I mean, fast car, Matt Canada kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and you know, you, you've got what you you have AT Perry, you've got, well, you had Michael Thomas, uh, I mean, but he's not doing a whole lot. Um, you've got Chris Olave. You still have Kamara who's the, there. Who's the reason for the speeding? Yeah. So so I mean, when you look at all that, you would think, oh, they're they're you know they're going to be all right offensively, but offensively they're a mess. Uh, my, so my biggest mistake was thinking Derek Carr would help this team win a Super Bowl. Biggest yeah. mistake. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like that. Your first Carr. one. <laughs> <laughs> I also said the, okay. I also said the Panthers will win a Super Bowl in the next three years. Yeah, I yeah that's even even at the time when you said that it was still wrong. Uh, so like that that one was might actually be like the the one that just wasn't plausible. (laughs) Um, but but listen, we we all have those moments. I'm I'm not I'm not free of that. That, I don't. Um, That's why we say it on the show. (laughs) We're we're not. We want to say what we get wrong on the show. Yeah. And then my yeah. my honorable my honorable mention for this this was a real I mean I guess it's, it's funny to me I laugh at my own jokes um I, I'm literally like Arthur Fleck in the Joker um <laughs> so uh, there's Mayo Matt Canada uh, which is Tim Kelly for the Titans just because <laughs> you know Mayo Man is Mayo Man's there uh, been and bad over the last month that so I like the alliteration so it's just a fun one. But that one's Mayo Matt Canada. <laughs> Shane, do you have a favorite Matt Canada? Well, I do like Mayo Matt. That's a good one. <laughs> my my favorite's gonna be uh, wide receiver pass. That's good. God, when I it's funny that like the second I saw the interception to him, like yep, that I just it right in my head. Wide receiver pass Matt Canada. I was like. Yeah, that's it. So we have the Kirk Cousins tier for coaches. And then we have the uh, Matt Canada tier. For quarterbacks. For the quarterbacks. And then we have 
yeah. a candidate here for head coaches or slash coordinators. Play callers would be the way to put it. But yeah, um, play callers. Um, yeah, and and with that, uh, Shane, give me your thoughts on the absolute absurdity that was college this week from Florida State not making it in, which I think we all agreed with, to Ron DeSantis making it a governmental priority to <laughs> sue the college football playoff committee. First, what's your reaction to the four teams that made it in? And what's your reaction to the Florida state media and apparently government mess that has ensued over the last four days or so? Yeah. You know, I think, um, for once, I think the committee got it right. Um, you know, that, that those are, those are the four teams that I think I would have put in as well. Um, and probably in that order. Yeah. Uh, you know, Florida state. Yeah. They went 13 and zero, but you know, they struggled to beat Louisville. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce that. And <laughs> you know, which is not not a, a great team by any means and you know they're just they're not and I know that Florida State fans are tired of hearing this but they are not the same team without Jaden Daniels um, or not not Jaden Daniels um, what's his name Jordan Travis thank you. Jordan Travis thank you God um yeah, no, that, that's that's the LSU guy, Jaden Daniels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not the same. They're not the same without him. It's very clear. And so, I mean, let's just be honest. A Florida State versus Michigan Rose Bowl would not have been entertaining at all. Uh, it would have been. Quite frankly, it would have probably been a pot cookies game, uh, um, you know, and which I hate to say that, but it's true. Alabama, Michigan, though, feels like it's competitive. And, uh, you know, so uh, I feel like Michigan will win, but I could definitely see Alabama winning that. Um, yeah, and... Anyways, so uh, I I like the four that got in. I know people aren't happy about it, but you know what? Deal with it. Um, as far as as far as Ron DeSantis and all that, uh, that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Um. It's it's it is funny, but it 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 shouldn't be. Um, you know, it's it's just like, well, do you not have as a government, are there not, you know, a bunch of other like thousands of other problems you need to be solving? Um, but instead, oh, we gotta look out for our football teams. It's like, dude, seriously. Um, you know, and and I and I say that as a football fan. But yeah, it's just stupid. Like, 
why why do you need to sue the playoff committee over this? It it's a it's never going to go through. B it's unnecessary. And and is there a C? Um, well, and C is that it's it it's just yeah you, the, you have a bunch of other problems. Um, you're you're a local government. Like, I understand you have more things to do. Um, right, Brandon. What are your thoughts on Ron DeSantis just saying, "Hey, this is the most political thing we'll ever do on this show." I promise. But saying, "Hey, we're <laughs> gonna sue." Florida State. Well, we're gonna on behalf of Florida State, we're gonna sue the College Football Playoff Committee instead of sign one instead of sign one million dollars. By the way, to get this to go through, you know, it's it's you know, you know, Ron, you know, as much listen, no matter what side of the of the political coin you fall on, like there's more pressing issues in this company than Florida State not getting into the college football playoff because they literally have a true freshman quarterback that can't throw one pass correctly. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I, I don't want to say I could do better, but I probably could. Let's see what I saw the other night. Um, I mean, it ain't that hard. Damn. Um, like, listen, I know it's hard, but not like that. Uh, I... <laughs> I just can't believe it's like, my mind, mind you, this is also taxpayer money. Like, like really? Yes, that's like, also the thing. It is taxpayer yeah, money. Th- th- this is taxpayer money. Yeah, I'd be money. so pissed. Like, and you know, listen, like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I usually try to, so try to, you know, we, we try to blur out our political, you know, allegiances and things like that. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, you know, I, I do fall on the conservative side of the coin, but at the same time, like. You know, and people are like, oh, Ron DeSantis is so great. I'm like, bro, he just spent a million dollars of your own money to sue college football. Like, what is happening, bro? <laughs> like, you really think that's the best use of your taxpayer money, really? Uh, that almost feels like, like it should be illegal. Oh, it should be. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's I'm just saying. Literally, literally, that should be as illegal as using campaign funds for your own personal use. Oh, um, my God. But it's but it's it's not in 2023, um, and nor does it matter in 2023 because no one cares anymore about anything. Um, but like, it's so ridiculous that people are so pissed about Florida State not making it in because Florida State didn't deserve to be. And everybody's like, oh well, if you go 13 and 0 in the NFL, you know, you're guaranteed you know the first seed and all this stuff. It's like, well, it's the NFL. That's uh, the NFL, and it's way different. Uh, like, what different rules. I, I also want to ask this question. What if the NFL had a playoff committee and decided four teams? It would be it would be horrible. It's almost like having a four team playoff was a terrible idea in the beginning. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> ne- next year, twelve teams is gonna be so much fun. Yeah, I'm dude, Robert. I remember when we were in fifth grade, and you're telling me at lunch. College football is going to have a playoff, and I was so hyped. And I said, "How how many teams is it? Like, you know, twelve, sixteen, something like that." And you said four, and I was like, "What? Four? <laughs> That's not a playoff." <laughs> honestly, uh, I honestly say it's a good progression, right? The fourteen playoff was solid, but we definitely need twelve. 
We eventually need. It sucks. We eventually need sixteen. I love how I never liked it. You know, you know, I'm just gonna. You know what I love about government? Here's what I love about government. You know what I love about government? Here's it. It's the fact that it's the fact that Ron DeSantis's kid was so mad about Florida State not making it that Ron DeSantis decided that on his political agenda, while trying to run for president, I'm gonna try to. Help Florida State by suing the college football playoff committee. That is one of the dumbest, most horrible use of taxpayer money possible, but yet one of the absolute funniest things you'll ever see. And it's so Florida, right? It's the most Florida thing possible. I wonder how they feel about it, the people of Florida. Apparently they're what... apparently they're down for it. And apparently they are from what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, because they blindly support him, like, oh lord, as much as as much as like, don't get me wrong, I do actually like the man, but Jesus, like, come on, man, there's no way you can support that, like, my God, like, you might as well. I mean, listen, people in Florida, they they always take matters into their own hands, so I don't think they really, they honestly probably don't care about their money being spent on something useless as that. I really don't think they do care. I mean, oh, you, 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 you have family in Florida, right, Brandon? You go down to Florida every so often. Isn't, I've that, the had family... Florida... Isn't that the most Florida thing ever? I've had family in Florida since, since the, what, the 90s? Like, the, the, this is no secret to me how Florida operates. And it's, oh, my God. Like, it, it, like of course, you know. No other – I guarantee you, like let's say some state like, – let's say some team like – let's say the California Golden Bears were number four. Like let, let's say that was the kid. You wouldn't see California get pissed like this. <laughs> like Florida is the only state to care about the most nonsensical thing. Well, Florida is a bunch of nonsense anyway. I'm talking to anybody from Florida. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But it's a bunch of nonsense down there. Is this, like, is this one of the most nonsense Florida things you've ever seen? Oh, it's all oh, it's up there. Um because you can't even say it's the most. Because every day that entire state does something where you're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and, and this this is no different. This like on one hand you're supposed to be, you know, kind of you know, you know, like why are we doing this kind of thing? And it's like, oh yeah, we're shocking, like, oh, this is a waste of money. But then again, are we really? Because it's Florida. <laughs> like like that, this shouldn't be all that surprising, really, if you think about oh, it. Again. Oh, but either either way, it is so useless to fight for something that a won't change, and b like it's just like the, they don't deserve to be there anyway. That's the whole main point. They don't deserve to be there. You can cry all you want. They don't deserve it. Like I'm sorry, but a twelve and one team that's been dominated the past month is way more deserving than a 13-0 team that has a has basically two backup quarterbacks that can't throw a football. Like like get real. Please get real. Um and and with that, uh let's do the coverage maps. Our our Pockets game of the week I think unanimously is tomorrow. This is why we're recording mm-hmm. today. Uh you guys ready? To, I'm not only going to give you the guy, the games that we can't pick. I'm going to give you I'm going to have you guys predict and give you what what game Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are at? Oh, where are they where are they this week? 
So, out of those two awful Monday Nighters. Um, so, Seahawks and Niners. Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson. So, we okay. can pick that. They're they're out in San Fran. Boys, please. We're going to pick it anyways. Boy, boys, please. It's going to be a landslide. Do, do us a service, Seattle, please. <laughs> I beg. Yeah, good luck. And... And Bills Chiefs with potentially Taylor Swift in attendance. With she's finally opening up about the relationship. What a surprise! Um, Bills Chiefs. Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Okay, here's your Monday night games: Packers Giants on ABC, Titans Dolphins on ESPN. Where do you guys think Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are stationed this week? Oh, I told you what I think already, actually. Packers Giants and what was the other one? Packers Giants and Titans Dolphins. Are they stationed in New York or Miami? Uh, probably New York. Yeah, I would I, think. Yeah, I, I said Miami just because Miami is the best team out of all those four that are playing. So they got to be in Miami. It's Packers, Giants. They're, Brandon, they're, they're in your Why in God's name would they be there? <laughs> that makes no sense. Chris Fowler, oh, Lewis, bigger market. Uh, Chris Fowler, Lewis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky are stationed in Miami this week. What? Like Orlovsky? You, you would you would figure that the best the best broadcasting team would go to the one that has the most at least one of the most interesting teams in the NFL in it. Like, who the hell cares, Packers? Joe, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are going to be dead by the end of the first quarter because there's going to be nothing going on. Like, what, what the hell are we doing? So they went, so they were in the, they, they were mad about doing the Bears game. They were like visibly frustrated. You can even hear it in their voices. They were <laughs> voicing how frustrated they were about going uh, to Chicago. And then this week, Brandon, they're in your neck of the woods. And yeah, and we send them to Packers Giants if it's gonna make them feel better. Like, listen, Jordan Love's been playing pretty damn good as of late, actually. And they're probably and the God, Packers man. are probably a playoff team after what they did on Sunday. Yeah, and listen, I don't, I don't hate Tommy DeVito. I want to see him do well, but come on, man, the Giants are a mess. The Packers should beat them by like at least twenty. Like, that game is not gonna be that interesting. Like, that, there's no way. Like all Jordan Love has to do is probably throw for 150 yards, and that game's over. So like, yeah, come on, jo- man. Joe, Joe Buck and Traikman are stationed in New York this week somehow. Yeah. Some way. Gross. So gross. So uh, games of the week, boys. Uh, what do you got? So of course we can't pick the Monday games. Not that we would. Um, you can't pick Seahawks Niners or Bills Chiefs. Or Eagles Cowboys as well. So, what do you guys have this week? Oh, great, leaving us with trash. <laughs> like every week. Why do we still do this segment? Because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> um, I think everybody enjoys the physical pain I get put through, like every week with this segment. I mean, I. Well. I think my number one, not my number one, but w- one of them, I think, for me is uh, Indy for Cincy, just because of the Apple Cup rematch. That's just kind of fun. There's no other reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that. Um, oh, man. Uh, a Tampa-Atlanta could be interesting. You know, two division rivals kind of 
battling for the division somehow, some way. Battling for the division, yeah. Which the fact that either of them are allowed in the playoffs is a joke, but that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Um, let's see. <laughs> you have a third one. Uh, Chargers Broncos maybe? I I don't know. I mean <laughs> at least uh, <laughs> Okay, at least uh I I don't know. Although that the final score of that game is probably gonna be like ten to seven or something. So, you know. Uh Brandon <laughs> but, Brandon, what do you have? What's your don't just remind, remind me of the game that we can't pick for this? Seahawks Niners, so we can't pick Thursday, not that we would. We can't pick Monday, not that we would. And then for Sunday, we can't pick Seahawks Niners, Bills Chiefs, or Eagles Cowboys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is this is terrible. Uh <laughs> nah, you know what? Well, no, my my number one then is probably it's going to sound well, no, not awkward, but it makes sense in my head. Uh, Lions Bears because the Bears gave them a fight last time, should have beat them, and that was in Detroit. This one's in cold Chicago, December. You know, Bears got nothing to play for. So those are the teams you got to watch out. Those are the trap games. It's a division game. Uh, we have to see what, you know, what the Lions uh, are really made of. Um, you know, they, they barely squeaked past the Saints. They were they were beating them pretty good, and the Saints gave them a run at the end. So, I mean, this is now for, what, three straight weeks they haven't looked great, or three straight games they haven't looked – or really four. Um, so we need to see after basically a month – if this Lions team can just write the champions, that'd be a truly dominant game. Um, and figure out a way just to, just to put their, their basically their stamp on the, on at least, at least most of the division. You still gotta play the Vikings twice, but most of the division. So that game to me is definitely my one, my, Oh, and then here's where it gets, here's where it just gets disgusting. Um, my, my two, is probably, you know what? It's probably gonna be. As I'm trying to think, it's probably gonna be Texans Jets, and that's gonna sound weird, but that's my number two, actually. Yeah, my because I want to see what CJ Stroud does against a good defense like that, and Zach Wilson's back, so there's you know the drama of New York is there. Um, that should be interesting. Yeah, it should still be interesting. Texans, I mean, still beat them by like at least three scores, but, um, but still, I want to see what CJ Stroud does against a really good defense. I got like a really, really good defense. Um, I want to see what Zach Wilson does after being benched. I mean, not that he'll do anything crazy, but just to see him back and see what he does, you know, you know, you never know. Um, and then my third. Oh boy! Um, oh boy! <laughs> my third 
And because I think, is it the only game on here? Oh, no, never mind. It's not the only game. I, I also I just th- want to bear in mind, I thought this segment was going to be entertaining this year. Because I want to give people non-national games to watch. This segment's been a bad idea. <laughs> we'll keep it for the rest of the year, but this has been a bad idea for a segment. What, what's I mean, your it, wasn't a, it wasn't a bad idea at the start. No. Yeah. It became, yeah, a, it became then, a bad idea. Yeah. Like, like nobody nobody could, for, could have foreseen this being the way it is. Um, because like you, like, like here's the thing, like Jaguar, like I could pick Jaguars Browns because I Joe Flacco of, Shane. That was fun last week. But the thing is, there's no Trevor. Oh Lawrence. yeah, like, I didn't if, watch. If Trevor Lawrence plays that game, that's probably my third. But because he's not playing, that's not gonna be my third. Um, but my third, because to me, it's it's probably the only thing. The only really other good games, like in terms of records, at least. Well, if you're not counting Seahawks Niners, which we can't take anyway. Um, I'm, I'm picking Rams Ravens as my third. That's also my third because I like both of the quarterbacks, and I think it's gonna be a fun QB matchup. Yeah, Ray and Ravens. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean they've had a couple of defensive collapses, but they still have a, a good defense. They still can light up the scoreboard. Uh, the Rams are. Kind of finding their way back in it. That's crazy that they're six and six after the really the the rough season they've had. Um, so you know what that that game could be decent. So yeah, that, that's probably my third. So those are my three. So it's it's Lions Bears. It's um oh god, to clear my throat. Lions Bears Texans Jets and then uh, Rams Ravens. So yeah, and it's funny. And, those, and those, are those all? Those are all one o'clock games. You know, usually the one o'clock window sucks. Yeah. So. Um, the other one, which Shane, I've also picked. My number one is is Bucks Falcons. I just think it's important for that division. We have to pay attention to this division for the next month, even though we don't really want to, uh, but we do have to pay attention to it because one of them's getting in, uh, just like last year. One of them's getting in, even though none of them should. So. Can we can we can we just relegate that whole division to like the XFL? I wish. Uh, Bucks Falcons just for the division yeah. importance. Texans Jets and Rams Ravens is the QB matchup there. Guess the line. We have some fun ones this week on a Wednesday. Keep in mind these are all updated as of today. Just bear that in mind. They were updated as of today, not yesterday. Today, so everything that today, happened, everything that happened today matters in these. Uh, guess the line. Texans Jets. Texans minus six. Get out of my head every week. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I like it here. <laughs> that's, that's that's even more concerning. That sounded um, weird. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah that, that's part of the reason why. Um, oh God, I mean, you know, the Jets are home for that. Um. God damn it. I'm just going to change it up. I'll say uh, Texans minus eight. So I just want to bear in mind that the line on Monday was Texans minus seven. Zach Wilson got an ounce starter. It's Texans minus three and a half. Whoa. No way, bro. (laughs) Zach Wilson brought it up that much. 
Whoever, whoever, oh god, Ve- Vegas, bro. Like Zach Wilson doesn't. You could put a broomstick back there; it has the same effect as Zach Wilson. Like, like, what do we do? How does it that? So I was close before with Zach Wilson. Then we yeah. were both close. Yeah, we were before both... it was Zach Wilson, it was like seven, and now it's three oh and a half. Oh my god! What the hell is Vegas smoking? <laughs> Yeah, a crack Zach, apparently. Because Zach Wilson is going to have you know success against a D'Amico Ryan led team. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, Lions Bears guess the line. Good God, if that's not double digits, I don't know. Oh, well, maybe not. It's a division game. Oh. God damn! I actually don't know. I got. I need to really. <laughs> Lions Bears. <laughs> Say Lions, uh, Lions minus five. I guess I'll go. Yeah, division game, division game, and also how close they played the first time prior is going to have to play into it. I think. Um, but then again, Vegas also doesn't care, and they just look at records too a lot of the time. Um, damn. Uh. Yeah, screw it. Give me Lions minus seven. Lions minus three and a half. Why? How? <laughs> like, even though they were close the first time, how? Ain't that well? You know why? Because Soldier Field, you automatically get what, like three points? I think it is. I don't know. Um, it's something like that. Brandon, <laughs> do you know the Eagles Cowboys line? Have you looked at it? Uh, I know Dallas is favorite again. I think it was the exact same line, uh, Eagles Niners. So I think it was Cowboys minus three. Uh, Shane, do you want to guess? That's about what I was gonna guess. Yeah, Cowboys. Although minus... I would. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Shane. Well, I was gonna say, although I would, in my opinion, it should be like Eagles minus three, but it's uh Dallas minus three and a half somehow. Um, yeah. Probably it's probably because of how Philly played last week. They, people have the recency bias. Yeah, even though Dallas has played scrubs for six weeks, more or less. Panthers. Yeah, but Sa- a Panthers Saints guess the line. We're doing the one win team finally. Panthers Saints in New Orleans. Oh man, the other division game. Who did they beat? The Panthers. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I can't tell you I either. I genuinely I, I, can't I, I think. I watched them win that game, but I forgot who it was. It wasn't Houston, was it? I mean, was it early on? Was it? Uh, wasn't they played the Bears? Right? It wasn't the Bears. No, it might have been the Bears. No, it's not. I just know it was a team with a with a. Less than mediocre quarterback. Oh, it was the Texans, yeah. Oh, it was. <laughs> and the final was 15, never mind. 13. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh. I just blocked that game out of my memory. All right, guys, guess the line. Uh, Wait, sorry. Who are they playing again? The Saints in New Orleans. Panthers Saints. Oh, Saints in New Orleans. Um... I'll go Saints minus seven. Uh, I mean, God, given how bad the Panthers are, 
even though the Saints are terrible, oh my, like, my God. Uh, damn, give me uh, – but also the Saints are just the Saints too, and it's just they're unpredictable. Give me Saints minus five. Ding, 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 ding. Saints minus five. Yeah, I figured that. Dang. Um, Still have yet to get one right all season. <laughs> this might be your shot. Let's do, since we're not watching this game tomorrow, Patriots Steelers guess the line. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, uh, I don't think, I don't think this will be my shot because this, this game, uh, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Steelers minus nine. Brandon? Oh, Lord. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm not going to go that high because, I mean, the Steelers can't score. So, and the Patriots still, for what's the Patriots have still have a good defense. They Did you guys see this before I even give my my line. <clears throat> Did you see that, or this might have been in the chat, I think actually yeah, this was in the chat, that, or I don't know if it was or not, I can't remember at this point. I, we, we sent so many things in the chat to each other, I don't remember. Um, but uh, over the last we three do? weeks, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over the last three weeks, the Patriots defense has given up 26 points, so basically eight, nine points a game, and they've lost all three games. <laughs> uh, so you know what? Oh God, give me in Pittsburgh too. Oh Lord, give me, give me Steelers minus four. Steelers minus six. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Seahawks 49ers. 49ers minus 10.5. Ding, 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 ding. Let's go. Shane finally gets it on the money. Sorry, Brandon. He finally got one. Oh, my God. Um... All right, you guys ready for the next one? Yeah. Brandon, did Brandon's mic turn off? Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to let me say yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Packers, Giants, guess the line. Packers, Giants. I'll say Packers minus... Minus six. Oh, his computer died, lol. Okay, so you got Packers minus oh. six. Uh, Titans, Dolphins, what do you have? Wait, it was minus six? Or that's what I guessed? That's what you guessed. Oh, you're not telling me. I'm not telling you yet. <laughs> um, uh, Titans, Dolphins, Dolphins, you said? For next Titans, Titan Dolphins. Dolphins. I'll go Dolphins minus nine. All right. Okay. Okay. Both both are interesting. Uh, before Brandon gets. Back, up. 
Before Brandon gets back, yeah. let him pick these. Uh, we decided to skip Pan's Labyrinth because we had some issues finding a proper stream of it. Uh, so we went with District 9. So Shane, give us your sort of overall thoughts on why District 9 was kind of our sub-pick and our overall pick for the week for our movie. Well, I will... I'll wait till Brandon gets back in to explain why I picked this movie but like as far as why it was our our sub pick <laughs> um as it may yeah it's because our our main as you said was pan's labyrinth but then that will um, get postponed to wildcard playoff week so we will still do that movie um but that will yes be in the new year uh but yeah no so that was so that just didn't work out for right now, uh, but that's fine. And um, so I was like, well, you know, since it's... By the way, this happened on, like, Sunday night <laughs> um, when we realized this. And so Brandon, are you I was like... Your computer's back up and running. Yeah, I tried, to, I tried to plug it in because it... it uh, but I used the wrong plug, and when I stuck the plug, because I mean it's the same kind of it's the same kind of plug, just that whatever for whatever reason it when it told me I, need, I needed to power it, I tried to grab it while I was still talking about the line for the game, and when I tried to plug it in, it just said nope, died, black screen shut off. I'm like okay, so <laughs> okay, wait. So before we continue on with District Nine, um, so Shane got it right finally. With Seahawks Niners Brandon uh, ten and a half minus ten and a half Seahawks 49ers. Um but uh give me your lines for Packers Giants. Brandon, give me your line for that. Shane gets oh. minus six, Green Bay. I mean, damn, that's gotta be close. Uh because in it's in my neck of the woods. So I mean I th- I think that's the thing. I, I think it's a thing where if you if whoever the home team is you automatically get like minus three, and then they go from there. So sometimes, yeah. Uh, um, but in that case, damn, that's yeah, it's got to be close to that. I would say. I mean, it d- d- depends. Do they do they look at like how good like Jordan Love's been playing, or do they look at? I dude, you know, it's I, Vegas. I'm as confused as you. That's yeah, I know. Segment. <laughs> uh, I mean, damn, they are. <laughs> They are six and six. Um, oh Jesus! I mean, if they were like four and seven, I think it would have been a lot closer. But I, uh, I'm gonna, I'll go one more. I'll say Packers minus seven. Wow, good job, boys! Packers minus six and a half. Hey, yeah. nice. Uh, Titans Dolphins. Shane picked Dolphins minus nine. Brandon, what do you have for Titans Dolphins? That's got it. Oh God, that's got to be a lot, man. I mean, that game's in Miami too, so that's got to be. I'm gonna say that that's. I mean, they do blow a lot of teams out. That's got to be high. That's gonna be higher than than Niners Seahawks one, but you would think. Um. Eh, screw it. Give me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reach for the stars. I've gotten. I've gotten a plenty right this year. I'm going to say Dolphins minus 12. Holy shit, Dolphins minus 13. Okay. What? 
Wow. Uh, that is, that's a pretty shocking one. Um, yeah. Um, Shane, continue on why you picked District 9. I got to go plug in my phone really quick. But uh, talk about your thoughts on District 9 and why you, cho- why you chose it at our sub pick for this week. Well, yes. So I... And we realized we had the logistical issue with Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> so, you know, Sunday, was it Sunday night or Saturday night? Whatever it was, uh, you know, kind of right before we were slated to do this show originally. Um, we, uh, we, I was like, okay, well, we got to pivot, obviously. And so I, decided, well, I suggested District 9, but we'd already all seen it. Um, So obviously, I didn't want to do that. But then I was like, well, you know, if we have less time, um, you know, might as well just go with this because we're all a little familiar with it anyways. And it's it's still worth discussing, I think, Um, because it's definitely a more under the radar movie. I don't think a lot of people really know it exists. Um, And, you know, so I I think therefore I just want to talk about it. Um, And, um, yeah, I mean, this movie, where do I even begin? (laughs) This is definitely, you know, when you first see, like, the poster or trailer for it, whatever, you know, you think it's just like some you know, sci-fi alien movie. It's like, okay, whatever, you know, but then you start watching it and you realize it's actually a it's a very complex story uh, about apartheid in South Africa, uh, which, of course, that was when when uh, the people of South Africa were split into four different racial castes uh, back in the 40s. And, you know, so if you don't know, the basically the premise of the movie is that they there's uh, this alien race who um, is comes to uh, South Africa and they're trying to they're not really like trying to stay here but they just want you know they're seeking refuge essentially um but the humans are you know going to their slums and whatever else and saying oh yeah you you can't be here and just evicting them and um it's it's very much a metaphor for apartheid like i like i said and I think what makes it so interesting is how, you know, the main character was a guy named Wickus, or Vikas, as they say. And he, uh, you know, he's very much like a stereotypical, uh, I mean, I think it's kind of funny how he sort of looks like Hitler in a way. Um, but then, yeah, I, I mean, it's true, he does. Um, but then he, then he's like, 
you know, he's sitting here hating on all these aliens that are that are in his in his town or his city. Um and so, you know, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, he's gonna you know, he's gonna befriend one of them and go, oh no, they're not so bad. You know, I've seen that a million times. But it was the way in which that was handled that I was not expecting, and that was really interesting to me. Because what happens is he is exposed to this toxin of some sort, and he slowly turns into one of the aliens. And so yeah, that's something that I had never seen uh, up to that point. I mean, that's you know, you never see somebody become more loving and accepting of another group because they literally become that thing that they, that very thing that they despise. Um, and I, I think just showing his journey as he accepts that is really interesting. And, um, it's also interesting how it's a mockumentary, uh, which, if you don't know, that is a fictional documentary, hence the name mockumentary. It's it's the office. And the first thirty minutes is just the office. It's kind of yeah. He's sort of like South African Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which sounds weird, but it's true. It works. Um, and yeah, so. And that's another thing that I think this movie does really well is how it blends genres. Um, you know, where <laughs> you have in the first act, it's a uh, you know, kind of a mockumentary comedy. And then in the second act, when he starts turning into one of the creatures, uh, it's definitely like a body horror slash drama kind of thing. Uh, and then in the third act, it just turns into like a sci-fi action war piece. Uh, but it, you know, and you hear all that and it's like, what? That's such a random, you know, random turn of events going from one of those things to the next. But it, it, it works. It works really well and it makes perfect sense why it's structured that way once you watch it. Um, so that's I, that's my general thoughts. What do you guys think about it? Uh, before I get to Brandon, I'm going to say a few things about John Blomkamp, the guy who, or Neil Blomkamp, the guy who directed this movie. He recently directed Gran Turismo, so if you like that movie, uh, this one's definitely a lot different from what he did there. And originally, this script was supposed to be used for Halo, I think for the TV show or one of the wow. games. Wow. Uh, it was no yeah it it was um they they got funding to make a halo movie uh because peter jackson got involved or uh yeah yeah peter jackson which which, the lord of the rings guy peter jackson's part of this production as well of just yes but so they then they they couldn't secure the rights or something like that. So then they're like, "Well, we have the funding. What if we made this, you know, other sci-fi script that I'd been working on?" And they're like, "Okay." So that's so yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah. 
Brandon, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, I think for you and I both, this was our second time watching, and I think you and I both had more fun in the second watch through than the first one. What are your thoughts on it? Oh yeah, because when I when I watched it the first time, I was a lot younger. I think it was like ten years ago when I first watched it, <clears throat> and I, you know, as a kid, you kind of you kind of don't understand what's going on when you have a movie like that. And, you know, you can kind of, you know, and as, as, you know, especially as a, as a young kid, you kind of like when you sit through those first 30 minutes and it's just like the office, it's like, oh, you, you get bored by it and you don't want to watch the rest of it. Um, but now that I'm older and that I, that I have finally went back and watched it, like but sat down and really paid attention to it compared to the first time. I, I love this, this movie. Um, it's funny because Neil Blomkamp, uh, He's just known for science fiction movies. Yeah. So Chappie and all that. I mean this Yeah. This, yeah Elysium and whatever. Yeah. yeah. This one this one was his first one though, and it's it was his best one. It's it's crazy that's like every movie since then had kind of has been, you know, kind of a, a turn, basically kind of a downturn mid. for his Most career. Of but it had been mid. Uh Grand Turismo was pretty mid yeah. for a lot of people, but I liked it. Um but obviously not a sci fi yeah. movie. But for some reason, like it's like District Nine captured. It was like it just District Nine has such a video gamey kind of feel, especially at the last the last third of the movie. But even with the the aliens and it being kind of a very you know a lot of science fiction movies have it, but like this one, even though this one was based on Earth, it had a very dead space feel to me. Um, and I, I just really I, I like the fact that it's just like. You know, it's it's easy to like, you know, kind of get caught up in the fact that this is a like that is it's a science fiction movie supposed to be fun, but when you really dig down into it, it covers deeper issues. Um, And when I, I think the only negatives I have about a movie like this, like there there's some parts where the the when it would uh, when it would cut to a different shot, it was kind of awkward. Oh yeah. At points. Yep. Some of the some of the <laughs> some of the some some of the cuts were very awkward looking and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look right. Um like it kind of got especially as we got not not in the first half it's way different. The first half it was like it almost feel like each each like third of the movie got in terms of like in terms of like what what they were trying to do got sped up. Like in the first third there wasn't as much, you know, cutting back and forth of different things and different moments and it wasn't so fast paced. So you had a time to kind of like tell a, a beginning of a story. And then it feels like the second and third acts are just like, Oh, okay, we're going to just cram kind of a lot into this back half of the movie. And it, you know, so, and one, and when, you know, that's like, I mean, it's a, it's a small little, little grievance I have about it. But other than that, like, you know, the, it's all basically also a bunch of actors that weren't known. Um, which it kind of makes it better that they weren't known because, you know, it's it, it made the story feel more realistic, even though it was not a realistic story at all. It's a story about aliens. Um, but just, it's, you know, and not, not just apartheid, too, because, yeah, obviously that, that's, a, that's a lot, you know, I, that was massive in world history, but and it's, you know, the country's still going through it today. But, um, but for obviously us being American, it gave me Japanese internment camp 
vibes. He says concentration mm. camp. He says it's like a concentration camp. And it very much yeah, reminds so. me of that and Hitler with the Jews and all that really bad stuff. Yeah, so it's, you know, it, it all falls under basically the same thing. And it's like, you know, no one no one needs to tell you how horrible those things are. It's it's so it's so unique though when you put it in a sense of that you know there there's like the you know you're putting it in an alien sense not an actual people sense this is, this isn't a you know a biopic or this isn't a a you know a human drama kind of movie like this is a science fiction action drama kind of action horror kind of movie um so it's just the way the way that it was done the kind of the, the creativeness of doing it that way is really cool and that's what i liked a lot um it's just man you know, like i i didn't find much fault with it other than just the awkward cuts really but um i do i i mean it's weird that that the, that the last third of it to me just played out like a like a video game, like I and I like when do when when movies do that, but obviously in a more, you know, kind of realistic way, like that did, somewhat. Um, some of the CGI is definitely definitely doesn't hold up today. The um, aliens look so good. That's one of my favorite alien yeah. designs ever made. I fucking love. Yeah, that. the the yeah the aliens look good. Um, but like the like. You know when guys are getting killed by the alien weaponry and they just blow up, like you can <laughs> see it just looks so it looks so cheesy. And I actually enjoyed um, that part of it too for how cheesy it was. I mean, they only had thirty million to make this movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but still, you know, about like that's just legit little but yeah. little grievances. Stop paying two hundred million dollars um, to make movies. Spend thirty million and make a good one. Thank you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because it forced you to be better with your decision making. Thank you. So. So, you know, I wish people would understand that. That's what I like about lower budget movies, too, is like it forces you to understand that you only have this, you know, allotment of money. So you have to be wise about what you like. It's 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 the same saying is true for everything in life. If you give somebody too much money, they won't know what to do with it. So, though, it can limit your creativity for stuff like this. It can, but but a lot of times, even even with the most creative directors, if you give them too big of a budget, it still doesn't turn out as good as as they would hope yeah so you know it's it's just those those things happen but as far as this movie goes it's just this was and it came out in such a weird time like you know we were going from you know this came out 2009 the summer of 09 but it's just it almost it it doesn't feel like a 2000s movie and it kind of doesn't feel like it's the start of the 2010s. Like this felt like it was just. It feels very 2009. Um, but I mean, this movie to me just is so cool. I and it's crazy. This is the first movie, believe it or not. This is the first movie I remember when it came out. I because I didn't I, for some reason before like 2008, I can't remember a damn thing about movies. Or when they came out, or whatever it is, like I like unless I unless I know this if it's a, if it's a franchise, I know it well. But with this movie, this is the first movie I remember because they showed it so often on commercials, trying to hype it up. I remember this, and I remember them showing like teaser trailers of it. Uh, I remember seeing the the posters, the non-human posters. Um, the marketing for this movie was so good, and. 
I remember being so like just drawn in by. It. I'm like, what movie is this? Like, I remember seeing the trailer. And I was like, I'm like, like this is what kind of movie is this? And now that I watch it now, I have a deeper appreciation for it. I have a deeper appreciation for just how how ambitious it was. And I mean, even at, even almost 15 years later, you know, it's just this movie is great. Like. I can see why a lot of people like, I can see why I had a 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. I can see why it had like an 85% among audiences. You can see why the movie, I mean, it's just not, I mean, like, yeah, like it, it's funny. It manages to touch on such serious issues, but still remain a visually intriguing and like it captures your attention kind of movie. So it's like, you know, like I said, the, the negatives about it are just small, very, very small, but like, you know, this movie is just, I mean, maybe, maybe I look back on it with a bunch of like, you know, youthful fondness because I was like, I was 13 when I first saw it. Um, but this one is definitely probably going to be by the end of the year. This is probably be, it, it might not make my top three, but it probably, it probably stays in my top five. Yeah. Same for me. I think I have it a nine out of 10. Do you Brandon? I think. I think a nine. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I think nine is probably where I go with it. Like that. There's not like and on. Honestly, I know no movie's perfect, but if it wasn't for the awkward cuts at times and some of like the awkward kind of transitions into scenes, I would have given it a ten. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So a couple of things. Um, I watched the first thirty minutes of this at work today. And it was hilarious. Watching the mockumentary park at in the back room at your work is great because I so when the aliens go, but I, I know how to speak their alien language, like I know how they speak, but I always forget it's a like, bah, 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 bah. So he just says and the alien goes, What is eviction? <laughs> started started absolutely dying. Just what just the he's like what is a fiction? Like the fact that the the South African government was like we need to by law give these guys a fiction notices. Like what the f- the, um, the funny the, it's funny the funniest part of it. I'm not not to interrupt it, but you couldn't no, imagine no, that. No. It's just it's just the well just the one little thing of like when he first when he hands like the first alien the eviction notice and he tells him to fuck off. <laughs> he slaps out his hand. <laughs> And oh he, yeah, that's and, great. And he's like, and he's like, oh, we got the signature. That counts. Let's move on. I'm done. Like, what the oh, hell? God. Um, my, I think my favorite comedic moment is when he chucks cat food at them like it's a bomb. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Got the cat food. Johannesburg. I always forget about the apartheid pieces of this because I'm just so entrenched by by the movie itself. And that's a, obviously an important, important theme, uh, incredibly important theme in this movie, uh, not to dismiss it, but it's, um, I, I was, it's like the, the, it's, I'm just so entrenched by it, but I remember the first time I watched this, cause I remember Shane gave me a list of movies and one of the ones he told me to, to really pay attention to and watch as the first kind of leg of this journey of watching films that I'm continuing, obviously we're doing this in the pod and we're all kind of doing that at the same time just watching these movies for the first time second time or your first time seeing them i remember the first shane didn't even give me much the first time he's like just just watch this it's kind of like a mockumentary i was like okay whatever i start i put it on 
And the first 30 minutes, I text Shane going, Shane, uh, what did you make me watch? Like, what is this? What is going on here? <laughs> and then for the next hour and a half after that. Just he said, just wait. Yeah. And then for the next hour and a half, just captivated by everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the main character is such aloof in the first 30 minutes. And it's, it's, it's hilarious, but it's also very disturbing. What what's the guy's name again, Shane? The main character, Vikas. 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 He's yeah. he's he's just so naive to the whole perspective of the situation. It makes me think. I'm obviously thinking about this movie too hard. But one is, why the fuck did his father-in-law give him this job? He's not even qualified <laughs> at all to be in this position to do this. Probably just hates him. Probably, probably. He's not even remotely qualified to do this. He and and he has no idea of the significance of what he's doing. Because what this movie does such an amazing job of is like from you would think that having news broadcast kind of interjected in a movie is a really bad idea. Because it's like it doesn't add anything. The news adds a lot to this movie in terms of context. context of public awareness and how just dangerous in this universe johannesburg is that that that's has to be one of the most dangerous places in the world just in general because of what's going on there like yeah i mean it already is in real life it already is in real life but but for for the context of this universe that that immediately becomes one of the most dangerous places in the world. And here's this guy trying to get eviction notices for some reason, acting like everything is fine and this job is wonderful. I swear to God, the EM whatever the EMU or whatever it is called, that is one of the worst jobs in the world. I that is one of the scariest and worst jobs on the planet in this universe. And this guy just acts like it he's aloof. And it's funny, but it's also like, bro. He has no idea of just the context of the magnitude of what's going on in this universe. Two is, I'm sure this theory came out, but I created a theory about the about the aliens. And I have a theory, and I think this is a pretty good theory. A game theory. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to get copyright stricken for that. <laughs> oh, you're right. Sorry. Uh, luckily, this doesn't go out on YouTube yet. Thank God. Um so the so basically I'm fairly confident that the aliens used to be humans and just were on yeah, a different planet yeah. and adapted from humans. Mm. I'm fairly confident that. I got that, that same vibe. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I never vibe. even thought about their origin, to be honest. <laughs> I think their origin's very clearly human. I think if you look in how their eye is designed, especially it's very clearly human. Um, I also don't understand why Vicus is able to understand Christopher. Also, yeah, another clue that this is that that's part of their origin is because his fucking name is Christopher Johnson. Yeah, it's the most bland. <laughs> I know that was probably yeah. just a given name by the African population, but still, I I do think that's something, and the reason why he accepts it, it probably was the name that he gave them, uh, which is kind of my theory, but. Um, it, 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 I, I think that's very clear the origin. Not that it really matters, but I also think just the 
I don't know. I think a lot of yeah, a lot of the a lot of the things that happens to Vickis in this movie makes him have to adapt quickly. And from yep. going to a guy who well, obviously adapt quickly so he doesn't end up becoming an alien, which we know in the end he he does. He sacrifices for the rest of the species potentially, uh, which we're hoping to see in District Ten whenever that movie actually comes out. Uh, I definitely, after seeing this the second time, want to see uh, that movie get adapted in some way. But if we don't, this is still a great movie that will be talked about for a long time. I know, especially from us. But I, I, I think just the that he just adapts to a guy who's very much of a aloof, and that's why Vickis is awesome. That's why Vickis is actually one of my favorite movie characters ever because it, he goes from a guy and this makes so much sense for the plot and the actor did a phenomenal job for, because of this it's just he adapts from a guy that is so much of an aloof and doesn't really have much of a clue of the danger or the dangerous situation that he is going into while his wife i think understand it's to a degree he kind of doesn't um which is just wild uh but still i think it makes sense for the context of the story and then him adapting to it realizing how serious the situation is realizing how scary it is you really feel it in his character and his emotion and that's why he's my absolute favorite part of this movie uh but yeah i love the design of the aliens christopher was a joy um whoever created the alien noises was great like this is a perfect representation of just good work on creating an alien uh i i don't know this game definitely feels like a Halo, or this movie definitely feels like a video game. It feels like Dead Space. <laughs> it feels like Halo, uh, but it's a good thing. I'd like to see a movie. At, I'd like to see a video game adaptation of this movie. Uh, that's something that I actually thought about. I would play uh, definitely play an Xbox Series X, well, a PS5, a PC version, a Series S version of this of this movie. Uh, 100% would play a version of this. Um, and if developers are out there thinking of a game, like, remake this. Get the video game rights for this because it, it would be amazing. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. I really love it. Uh, the mockumentary style, watching it a second time, knowing what's going to happen, it makes it better because uh, there's just so many great moments about this. And um, the idea that he, the idea that they they lie and say that I get why they lie. I could get some of the aspects of why they lied about his condition, but I do think it's funny when those African or not the 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 African tribe or not even the the African gang that's there has openly had sex with the aliens, you know, openly had communications with them, but yet millions of Africans believe that because this guy had sex with him like butt sex probably um that that they actually think that he that he got it from that i think is really funny when they clearly stated that the african people have already done that the african gay have already done that uh which i do think is kind of a funny moment there's some like okay there's pieces of this universe that doesn't make sense in this movie but i am very very happy to gloss over it i just feel like it's important to mention them but I'm very ha- I'm very happy to gloss over it because I honestly honestly for 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 how st- stupid some very small piece of this movie is it actually makes the movie better. The fact that they glossed over these pieces, it just makes the movie better because it just makes it it still adds the mockumentary styling of of it by just ignoring universal elements that should make sense. Also, just focusing on a on a really great story 
Um, so yeah, nine out of ten for me. Uh, Shane, any final thoughts on District Nine? Oh yeah, you know it's. Um, I think, I mean, the one last thing I would add is that I, you're talking about uh, the main actor, and I always forget his name. Um, so I apologize to him. Uh, but I, honestly, I think that's one of the most underrated acting performances ever. Yep. Oh, I agree. 100%. Um, ever put to screen. Uh, not even not even underrated. Just one of the best ever. Yeah. Uh, it's underrated probably... in the sense that nobody talks about it. And it's fantastic. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of movies in my life, as you guys know. <laughs> it's, for me, it's probably one of the top 20 performances I've ever seen. Um, you know, that's, I'm not... No, I'm not saying that lightly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, overall, just a really, really cool outcome for uh, what started out as a failed attempt at a Halo movie, uh, <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably put like nine, 9 out of 10 as well. Um yeah, go go watch it if you haven't. Please. You got go three people it. vouching for it. Please watch it. Um, anything else before we go, boys? I I can't think of anything. Although I will say, if you're a journalist, this movie will piss you off. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. But that's one of the things I like about it. It's it's funny because I am I was a journalism major. I want to. I still want to be. I still want to be a sports journalist, but. And it didn't piss. Well, the thing is, that pissed me off when they when they lied about how he actually got uh, infected. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it pissed me off. But I also was like, bro, like, what else are you gonna say? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, what are you, are you gonna like, say? Oh, he he took black goo that we don't know where it came from, and and it infected him. You're not gonna yeah freak out the public. It's He's also it's also that. it's also important just because it's like you know it ties into just. Especially at that time when, you know, there was a lot of distrust, like just not, not over, not just over there, but on this side of the, of the pond, you know, we had, we, we've had political problems for years. So basically for, since we've been alive, there's been political problems, like big, big, big ones. Um, it kind of reminds me of COVID infections. And yeah, that a little bit. There actually is a COVID, there actually is a COVID movie, but it was terrible. Um, oh my God. I heard so many bad things about that. Uh yeah, the, tra- <laughs> the, the trailer the trailer looked cool, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is a stupid premise. Um, but yeah, no, when it comes to that movie though, like as a journalist, it will piss you off just because you know the whole fake news thing, and part of that plays into it. Um, but I think that's what makes this movie really important for a journalism major. Weirdly. Oh yeah, I no, think, it's definitely important. Yeah, I feel like because I feel like from a journalism major perspective, you learn a lot about the news. And oh yeah, government manipulation about news, and this movie yeah, does a great just, job of describing that. Yeah, it just it just it sucks because it it flies right in the face of conventional journalism too. And again, it's this, just like this, oh, this was before fake news became a big thing. This was two thousand nine. Yeah, that's also I think important. Yeah, 
I think it, yeah. it, it will piss you off as a journalist, but I think if you are a journalist or um, want to become one like us or people who do podcasts like we do, I think it's actually a really important movie for that demographic, uh, as weird as it sounds. But uh, but that that is it for Shane and for Brandon. We'll see you all on Sunday night after Eagles-Cowboys. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on a Wednesday. Thank you. Yes, sir. See you all soon. See you. I didn't mean to leave.